0: Hello and welcome to the Hawks Nest as we have a very special show on this fine Tuesday afternoon with a very special guest in the house, Coach Evans of Sip2Tally Films here on YouTube. A Ravens channel has been kind enough to come on over here into the nest, come out here behind enemy lines. I know he's not feeling super comfortable doing so he's looking around. Man, this is, I don't like these kind of birds. That's what I heard him say coming the chat. Uh, how you doing, Coach Evans?
1: I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm happy to to come over and talk some some football. This is one of the I just did a stream and talked about the matchups for this week. And if I'm not mistaken, this is one of the three marquee matchups for the week. So I'm excited to kind of see how we got. We match up uh, similar record um, teams, both heading in the right direction, kind of feeling our way out and ready to kind of get into the nuance of both teams and see see how we match up. Me as well. And I tell you, there's there's times you do these behind enemy the lines. It's maybe talking
0: it up with a team like I'm gonna be doing Washington next week. That's especially after today's trades. That's gonna be some tough talks, you know. But today I is exciting because your Raven squads has been a good one for a long period of time. I think your organization, I have a fondness for those that that run their organization smartly. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you don't always get the results, you don't always get the Super Bowl champions. I mean, there's a lot of luck and injuries and stuff coming up at the weird times, but you can do things fundamentally smart. And it really does feel like your Ravens organization, if you, I'm hoping you'd be agreeing this, that they do this for the most part of this last ten years. I know it's been a bit of time since the last Super Bowl win, but you have a couple Super Bowls in the last thirty years. It is on the back of really a
1: strategy that has been kind of maintained throughout that period of time, has it not? It is. They like we talked about earlier. They do value over need, and sometimes we don't like it, uh, and sometimes it plays out. But you when you look at it from the long run, it kind of tends to work itself out. But um, you know, it, at times we're at odds with the the powers that be because we want certain positions, but it always tends to work itself out with with, with value. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's a give and a take, and you know, in the long run, when you want sustained, I can say excellence, but sustained success, because we rarely pick fifteen and below, and we happen to get Kyle Hamilton at fourteen, but that's probably the highest pick we've had in a long time. Because we rarely <laughs> we're, we're rarely picking. In that that 10 and below range so you want to keep that success and at least have a fighting chance every year and so with that with that strategy that's what you kind of get
0: you got to be really good in those that 15 and onward because i'm would be interested if you agree on this as well fans love to think because there's 32 first round picks that there's 32 first round worthy players but it mm-hmm. doesn't quite work like that you're more into that tier two-ish range aren't you mm-hmm. by the time that you get into the teens and the late 20s and yeah. Just as we've learned this too, it makes it hard to draft. It's yeah. easy when you have in that top, it's easier when you're in that top 10. The, the mm-hmm. true blue blue chips, you know, um, separate. I'm glad you bring up the value versus need because we for years here uh were going along going, why are we failing in drafts? We had these magical drafts with the Sherman drafts and the Wagner's mm-hmm. and the Wilson draft. You did so well there. And now through the late 15s and the early 2000s the drafts just fall in their face continuously. And my general manager finally started to mention this offseason what they had done differently. But it's something that I think you guys have done at the foremost of all these strategies, what you guys have done. A Physical team, usually a team that's going to run the ball, uh, be, you know, uh, balanced all the way through. But the drafting approach of value based at the forefront of it has been what's allowed your, if I'm not correct me, is not only allowed them to maintain the success, but been on the back again, a couple of those Super Bowls throughout the time that you did uh, a little bit back.
2: I'll Instead even talk time,
1: about the, um, the Kyle Hamilton pick. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, if I'm not mistaken, I wasn't in the room, but he was not supposed to be the pick. 14. Yeah, right. He just happened to be, the, he was the number one safety and for him to make it to 14, they were like, we can't let him pass. We can't let him go. And yeah. initially he didn't kind of start off, you know, what we wanted him to be. He, his value, he started off, he was not a 14th pick, but now he's turned up and he's now to me worth that pick because of you know, he's grown into the NFL game, he's you know got his bearings about him, he's caught up with the speed of the game, and then he's six three, six four ish with all that range. And now yeah. you can do so many different things with him, he's a, a versatile guy, and he's warranted that number one pick. But at the time, you didn't, you know, that's like, how can you pick this guy when you don't need a safety? We yeah. had we had um two guys back there that were that, that we we just didn't need a safety, but you the value of picking the number one safety. At 14, still being there, you couldn't pass him up. So, and,
0: and to your point, the reason he drops has nothing to do with what he did on the football field. Right. It was all back to the 40 time. Mm-hmm. And that's that's such a paper-thin reason to not go after a guy and as opposed to what he's doing on the field, which should matter most. Right. But that's the age we're in. I'm sure you have it in your contingent as well where folks that will get too heavily caught up on – the testing numbers matter and they should factor in, but they shouldn't carry the whole day. And on that one, the, his slip and his fall seem to be that. They were letting that carry the whole day and everything else you know anyway. meanwhile these safeties are coming out slow as hell lately anyway aren't they i mean they're all they're all four six five guys now so what are you gonna do um i'm glad to bring him up he is a very interesting safety to watch on tape uh single high bring him up into the box uh, have him out in man coverage on a tight end there's really just about nothing that he can't do which is a real rarity for safeties even in this split safety modern age of Fangio defenses where they're asked to do multiple things mm-hmm. he really literally can do everything
1: can he yeah, he he's the he's the glue on that back end for me. For what I think and the ability to just not leave him as a deep safety to put him in the box, let him you know kind of slide in and play a little linebacker because he can cover your slot guy. He mm-hmm. can be on top of your slot guy. He can blitz. Uh, he's probably he's probably our best blitzer probably from mm-hmm. from from that edge. And he he's I'm gonna say he's the tight end eraser, but he does a good job of covering the tight ends because he's not that smaller safety where you can take. Like your, because, you know, your tight ends running six, three, six, four, six, five. And you yeah. take a safety that's 5'11", you just box him out. Yeah. Well, with, with Kyle, you got a guy that can kind of, I'm going to say stop those guys, but at least have a fighting chance versus those guys where you can't just throw a high point ball and expect them to come down every time. At least oh, you, you right. got a fighting chance. So
0: they do as you guys do with Andrews, man. He goes up the <laughs> seam and Lamar throws it two feet over his head. And it's like, man, our guy's not going to get to that. There's no way that we can stop that. And that's, that's like touching the top of the backboard and basketball kind of, you know, reach a little bit. Um, but yeah, you can, you can definitely do that. Did you guys, you had some success last year. We're a player we're going to talk about at the trade deadline. We had the trade deadline just end out about two hours ago. Mm-hmm. Would you have liked to have seen your Ravens be a little bit aggressive? Or was there a player that you were looking at to say, go get this guy. We need this right now.
1: A lot of the flock wanted, you know, they they wanted Derrick Henry. I personally wasn't a fan of that. Uh, and there were different names they were throwing out. I just I wanted the O-line. I just wanted to secure, secure the O-line. I wanted the left guard. There was no in particular name that I had in mind. Um, and if we were to get a back, I didn't want a Derrick Henry type. I wanted a, a slasher type guy like Aaron Jones or, or Kamara. But uh about I Cook? Davin Cook, I, mm, I don't know what he got left. Cause he's not playing. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but Brees Hall's nice. Had, had he had he got there and still been active, maybe. But Brees Hall has done so much that we don't know what he got because he's not playing. That's I've true. seen him take maybe what ten snaps, so I don't know if he's hit the cliff yet. Yeah, but he does have fresh legs. At least we can say that. It's <laughs> true.
0: That's true. How much of a drop is it from J.K. to Gus and uh, the the Justice kid you got running out there too?
1: Between J.K. and 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 Gus is just different styles. J.K. can pretty much do it all, and and you saw. Well, I don't know if you saw it, but last year, even basically on one leg, he was yeah, still literally. Losing. His literally, vision. He was and his, his vision him. came back. Right, his his vision came back on one leg. So I was hoping for his for him to be healthy with that new vision to just have a great year. And then what happened to him happened, unfortunately. But uh, Gus is like a downhill guy, and you know if we can stop him from going, what east to west and just get him downhill i think he'll be a load to tackle but the thing is justice for what we're trying to do or what i think we're trying to do because it goes up and down from week to week i think justice is more so a guy that can fit what we do and that's why i was saying the aaron jones or the kamara because you need a a guy that can run inside zone and outside zone gus yeah. can run outside zone but he's not very good with inside zone because of the, the, he don't really have that jump cut he don't he's not your number
0: nine at all. Your number fit? nine would fit perfect. Yeah. Oh, you'd love a nine, man. Now he would be rolling out there. I mean, I think even Charbonnet wouldn't be too bad in that. And that's more what you have with Gus True. already, but
1: True.
0: um, so does Justice have it then, do you think, to be a guy that can come close to can he get to 90% of what JK
1: provides you then with his ability? Um I think he is a little twitchier than JK. Okay. but as far as ball security and and just having that that grit i don't think he has that 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 vision um i saw oga joby
0: got him from behind in the steelers
1: game perfect punch everybody oh, was, yeah. was, was was on him about it but at sometimes you, no matter how how secure you have it if they get that perfect punch on you it's coming out and that's it what is. some people don't don't seem to understand because he, yeah. he just it was perfect placement but yeah. he, he he has the ability he has some juice i just don't think he has he's not a upper echelon back like what JK could have been had he been healthy
0: cuz i just i look at your ravens team as a team that is quietly maybe the in, a, in an afc that is absolutely stacked quietly maybe it may be when it's all said and done that best team in this afc with especially as you know chiefs aren't looking quite as strong and bills are down those defensive guys and you know they're they're trying to regroup a little bit even though they're still very strong you know the dolphins are explosive but i I can't take them seriously for whatever reason (laughs) um but your ravens team i think do have that and i just wonder when i look at the running back position in the long term uh being a team that wants to stay committed to the ground game if that's not a place that man would have been nice to above any fell self that just right there if you could have gotten that that made you a little bit more warm and fuzzy about the rest of the year uh with keeping that ground game but I maybe underselling a little bit on justice too. So uh
1: I'm not I, I think I think running back is and with our injury history at running back and hopefully I'm not jinxing it, I think um we because we got this this name is gonna probably make people crazy. We got Melvin Gordon sitting there waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and I know Melvin Gordon has had five thousand fumbles. I was gonna say, was gonna say you got of
0: fumbles with with uh, <laughs> but,
1: with uh, your your current guy, and <laughs> that ain't going away with more Gordon. Uh, we got Keaton Mitchell there too. Keaton Mitchell's a guy that once he gets healthy, he can take his he can take six carries and probably get you sixty yards. He's a, he he is by far the fastest cat on the team. Small kid, right? Healthy. Yeah, from Eastern Carolina. Carolina, that's right. Yeah, yeah he, he, he can get you. He can take an inside zone if it's blocked right, mm-hmm. and you're and if he makes one person miss, he'll outrun everybody else. He's just that fast. The one carry he had so far, he by far looked like the fastest player on the field. But he's only had one carry, one, one touch. Uh he was hurt. He's been hurt. Oh, okay. And then the, he, the the healthy game, he got like a little jet sweep, and then he got hurt on special teams play, like maybe two plays later.
0: Is he healthy this game? Mm, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I do like where you're going at with the the thought process of leaning towards that guard. Uh, your, your Ravens team has done a good job as well throughout the years. And the value-based approach is also keeping their offensive line very strong. And I see what you were trying to do there. You went out and got the cleanest center in the draft the year before. You got Staley over on the left side. You're trying to put a little, uh, you know, great wall of China kind of thing together over there on that left side at that point. Uh, and I dig that because I'd love to do the same thing with my team. I still, you know, all these analytic folks, coach that love to get all hotty toddy about their you know skill position players and oh now you build from the back to the front not the front to the back you know they love to go hard with that i don't buy any of it i'm still old school i'm still cut from that cloth where i say no you got to do it in the trenches and if you invest in the trenches you will get the returns back from the trenches they will reward you for that investment so i i I love that thought process going at that point um and that was a great pick for you guys i thought with that center because there are those clean prospects. They tend to be the guards or the center type guys mm-hmm. that you just go, I know what he is going to be. I know exactly what this guy is going to be. I know exactly what he's going to provide. And he'll do it from almost day one. Mm-hmm. Right. Hasn't he out there? Linderbaum, I think. it Linderbaum,
1: is. Linderbaum, yes. And I, only, I, I thought Linderbaum was going to have issues with the bigger, stronger guy like a DJ reader. Anybody that has one of those big burly nose tackles that plays zero and is just as strong as an ox. And yeah. I thought that was going to be his problem. And it turns out that is his only problem. If you got a guy that just straight up that's just like Thanos strong, he has yeah. an issue with those guys. But if you're trying to play him on a like the side and we run some kind of zone, he works them because of that wrestling background. Yeah. And even with those strong guys, that wrestling stuff kind of kicks in on him. Once once he gets a feel for how strong you are, he can kind of adjust and adapt his his technique to what you're doing. And does he win every rep? No. But he he ha- he does a good job of adjusting in cuz he's a small guy. I actually got to see him in person. Uh, when I went to training camp. Hmm. And he looks like he don't belong out
2: there.
1: <laughs> that, that's how small he is. You <laughs>
0: like, looked at yeah. at Boston College. You looked at it. He's an okay size out there.
1: Hey, but that's, what, that's hard to, to recall.
0: Oh, did you say Iowa? He was was Iowa. that what it was? Mm-hmm. I was thinking Boston
1: College. Man, gosh, he's an Iowa crazy. center. You know, okay. they, they centers and O-line and tight end. Well, no, those are, they, Iowa,
0: they they're all, they're all corn fed and you know, they 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 got something in the water out there or something. Those guys come out, those linemen, they're always good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa, it always seems like they're producing. Um, but he's also good blocking on the move, right? He can, you yeah. can kind of, you get him get out in and zone and have him go that yeah. he's, he's really good with that, which that's uh, definitely getting to be a higher, you know, we're getting away from a little bit more of the mauler type guys. It feels yeah. like to more of these mobile guys with some of these, the lateral attacking in the uh, run game, especially trying to get everything horizontal rather than vertical. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's
1: uh, getting away from just those straight up big guys because you can yeah. you you take a big old old school nose tackle, and all you just run him left to right till he get tired. Yeah, and then you get yeah. him out of there, which is what. And then this is kind of off the topic, but this is what Nick Saban refused to do for so long. He wanted those big old guys in the middle, and that's why he had issues with the with Johnny football and those guys that ran left to right. And yeah, you had you said he had to change his philosophy, and so then football started to change, and now you got you Know old linemen that gotta be able to move. You got be yeah. tackles that gotta be able to move.
0: And it's so. got it's a, it's like a it's a it's a cylindrical thing, right? Like mm-hmm. it goes through here and it'll probably come back down to some point down the lane where it gets back to be big. But we're in a small, small man size, get him out yep. in the space and move those linemen every which way but loose. You know, pull this guy here, pull that guy there. Hell, oh, they'll even pull it in pass protection now with these guys, <laughs> exactly. right? You'll have a left guard come back out and take on a, a left defensive end back and like, whoa. You didn't, you didn't see that in 1985. They right. wouldn't even attempt to try that type of thing. Um, well, how's been just as flip it over to a nose tackle, because another guy, I looked a lot in the draft, and it was a draft two years ago that was not heavily stocked with nose tackles. That was the, the Jordan uh, Davis one with Georgia, mm-hmm. and then you got the number two one then in the third round, being uh, Travis, Travis Jones, Jones out of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I know he's had a little bit of injury things there, but how has uh, he coming along on
1: that side of the ball? Slowly, slowly. He will he'll, he'll show up every now and again and make plays, but um, what and I talked about it yesterday. What Travis Travis does a good job of getting off the ball, but then he has to find the ball. What he does he does a good job of displacing the guy in front of him, but when he displaces it, he makes the hole wider. If that makes sense. So good if done. he if he he can displace his guy, but he doesn't make the tackle, and then the back or whoever's carrying the ball just basically replaces him, and then they're on the second level. So he, once he just. He can displace and he needs to learn just to displace and find the ball. Don't just run upfield. And yeah. he, but he as far as just straight explosion, he's fine. Now, if you have a, a back like a a Derrick Henry or a Gus that's not like a shifty type back, he, he can get those guys because they're gonna run right into him. But if you yeah. got a, one of those smaller scat backs that can see him at the last minute and make him miss, that's where the issue comes in at. But, but he's he's progressing. He's playing a lot better and he's in the he's in heavy in the rotation because he's a A big dude with good feet, and his feeling is really, really high. I think he's going to be the next good one in Baltimore. I I, I think that for him. I,
0: I felt that way with him coming out, too, and I still find myself at that spot. The thing you like about him as well with this is that he does give you a little bit more pass rush mm-hmm. than you would normally typically get from the nose tackles, uh, or at least what they've been historically. I don't know where we're going with them now. They may be starting to become pass rush extraordinaire types, but at least, you know, historically speaking, those guys tend to be that way. He gave you a little bit of that, I think, connective, like mm-hmm. five and a half sacks or something his final year. And uh, he's got a little bit. It helps. You got Michael Pierce in front of him. He can allow him yes. to you know, develop a little bit more. So really, Pierce has gone in there, and you guys have been able to really uh, a guy who I thought was maybe kind of starting to wind down in his career coming out of what Minnesota, and you guys have kind of gotten a little bit more from him here.
1: In yeah, that it, last he had form. his best game yes uh, Sunday. Uh, so sack, sack, fumble, uh, three TFLs. He 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 had a great game Sunday. Um, didn't expect to get that out of him, you know. And with Tre and he doesn't, and they don't play beside each other. They back each other up, so I haven't seen very many snaps with them in at the same time, with the exception of maybe some goal line type, goal line and goal line and short yardage type stuff. So they're doing a good job of rotating them guys out, trying to keep them fresh. And um, Travis is doing a good job of learning from Pierce, and he's seems like he's rejuvenated, rejuvenated. You know, with that size and that quickness, he's playing a lot better than I expected. I, it's
0: it's shocking me too, and it's this is the new, another part of the evolution. Of this game right now, isn't it, Coach? The uh, the rotations on the line, and not mm-hmm. just rotations, but. Okay, we're going to uh, float everybody through on kind of an equivalency with their snaps. You know, nobody's mm-hmm. going to be asked to carry, you know, 60 70% of the snaps defensively now. Right. we, we, we got a mind to try to keep the 17-game season, two Thursday night games a year. you got to have to adjust some of your philosophy on this and how you use your guys. So it takes, right. it does take kind of a village on this one, doesn't it, with, on this on, on those
1: line. And with with all the travel the Ravens just had, you, we've seen every defensive end and defensive lineman we have play. With yeah, all the miles we've played from from London to Arizona to all the different tra- they they've logged a bunch of miles. Yeah, and all over got all those guys have gotten like Mike Pierce even said his body is so out of whack he woke up at four o'clock Sunday, <laughs> four a.m. for a four p.m. game.
2: Hey,
0: we we lead that we lead the league every year in the most miles flown, I and did. they sent they sent our ass to Germany last year too. On top of it, I'm like really, and Germany now too. <laughs> Goodness come on you know but yeah that's that's got to be uh that does got to be tough but it is good to have that depth and mm-hmm. you've got um even on the as your edges odawafe how's he i'm, I'm not going to say his name right so y'all he was a really nice prospect coming out he seems to be your kind of the ascending star is that he, is that we're
1: well, we gonna call him that he he hasn't showed up yet he's okay. getting better though he's getting better okay. he um yeah. He came out of Penn State and and the thing with I didn't I didn't like those drafting Penn. I didn't like those drafting them. And I'll say that because he didn't have any sacks coming out of Penn State. He was mm-hmm. fast, he ran a four-three, but that COVID year, everybody could ran a four three because it wasn't a real comeback.
2: Oh, he <laughs> yeah, those putting Freakish
1: 4-3. pro
0: days, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Did he have like one of those just like all-time pro days that just yeah. made everybody freak? Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, so he had no sacks. Um, I think he has maybe nine or ten total, but he's been hurt a lot too. But he has this is by far his best year as far as the eye test. Statistically, it may not be showing up, but as far as his ball get off, moves having an impact, this has been his best year. He just needs to stay on the field. Yeah. Now, um, Clowney and Van Noy are the two guys that have pushed him to be like, look, you either got to play better or you're not gonna play. So Thus <laughs> us picking up Van Noy has been a blessing. Another know, guy
0: like Pierce that you're thinking maybe at the end of the, the road, but you mm-hmm. there's a
1: little more road left. Right. Fanora said he's he's representing for the older guys because he he wants to because a lot of GMs want to go younger when they're looking for back end help. And he said yeah. he wants to prove it that some of us older guys can still play. He said he's straight off the couch university. <laughs> and and <laughs> uh he's came out there. I think he has about four or five sacks himself.
0: Yeah, he always gets it done. And I'd I'd love you to explain something to me with Clowney, because it's it's uh it perplexes me. Okay. Um, I've had an, I like the guy for a very long period of time. He was here with us. Um, I've got a chance at times to play some video games with him when he was here a little bit and and chop it up a little bit with him. Loved his mentality. Um, why can't this guy find a home in the NFL? It seems like anywhere he goes, he performs well at, he's a complete player. Everybody I know gets caught up in the number one overall pick and the, Mm -hmm. the the hit he had it with Michigan and that he's supposed to be generational and get it. Why, why can't, I mean, it just he seems to excel everywhere and he's and you guys are getting you know peak kind of jaded davy and clowny right now as it stands but why why what what is it is it just the youth movement is it mm, i
1: think that expectation is travel with him like like you said that that hit then being the number one pick i think that has just they're waiting for him to be something that he probably was never going to be and that and that's i'm not saying that in a negative way yeah they, they expect him to be Reggie White, and he was never destined to be Reggie White. He's best destined to be Jadavian Clowney, which is a really good football player. Yeah, he doesn't suck. He's he's really good, and I think with us, his um his fire has been relit. And I don't know if it's just coach speak or just him just playing a teammate role, but he really seems to love the to follow Roquan. Oh, yeah, on multiple little sound bites, you know how the team released different little excerpts or whatever. He really seems to be taken in by the leadership of Roquan. Like, he's, he even said it, and you know, he may have said this to another teammate another time, but he told him, This, you're the best leader that I've been around. And mm-hmm. again, you know, you say that you always kind of bump up the current team you're on, yeah. But to that's that was kind of profound to me. Cause he yeah. played on some good teams. If I'm not mistaken, then he played with played Wagner Bobby. with you guys? Yeah, yeah. So that they, he tight. Said that, that's they why tight. That they were tight too. That's why I said that. Cause I know Bobby's a good dude and a, and a, probably one of the best linebackers ever. But him to say that to Roquan, that that stood out to me. Cause I know I I got a lot of a uh, lot of respect for Bobby.
0: I think Bobby's kind of as he's now the last couple of years, the vocal part of it has really emerged. But, mm-hmm. you know, he came up on that LLB team where it's like there was no oxygen in the room to get your voice out, even as the <laughs> the captain middle linebacker, you know what I mean? Like that's just the way that you somebody had to be the quiet one, mm. right? <laughs> somebody was going to, you know, need to be. But I, I think what, too, especially with the Browns did, man, and tell me if I'm wrong, I think teams get a little bit too caught up on trying to turn him into a spinner. And I don't mean that in the naughty way. I mean that mm-hmm. in the putting him up over the guard, standing up, or putting mm-hmm. him inside and kicking him in there. Was a big guy. He can handle inside. Put him on the edge like you guys are. Put yeah. his hand in the dirt. Let him, cook, let him cook blindside, and he's going to be productive. But these yeah. coaches, damn, they, just, they, they keep moving over, here, moving over here, moving over here, moving here, and stick him over here. Just No, where is he at his best, which is out yeah. over here? I know he can be relatively effective. Is that a fair, would you say, assessment with him? I, on I agree. And here? I didn't
1: think about it until you said it, but the, I think like the first two games, we did see him over the guard, but I don't think I've seen him over there since. He said, the hell with that. That's why I
0: came here. I tried to get out of Cleveland because of this very reason. Yeah. You know, because they kept putting me in there and it's, it's, it's not, it's not my game and he's big enough to do it. He can handle mm-hmm. a little bit, but he's had his best watching him when he was with us for the year. We just stuck. Carol said, he's our Leo. We're going to put it out in that wide nine kind of technique, blind side and let him cook and go out. And he's going to be great with it. And, and he was for us. He was our by far most impactful defender that year, even though he had only four sacks that uh, he was also, he's got, had also an issue at times in his career being doubled and triple teamed where it's, mm-hmm. that reduces down your production. Um, you mentioned a guy that I thought I loved to trade. You guys made we were maybe playing some footsies here a little bit with the Bears too last year on potentially making this trade, which was reaching out and being very aggressive at the trade deadline to go get Roquan Smith, a second and fifth round pick. You guys paid last year. Mm-hmm. He came into that defense, and it seems like he allowed everything to gel
1: almost from the moment he walked in the door. He did. He did. I, I was fortunate enough to see his first game with the with the Ravens in New Orleans, and um, like Patrick Queen was had started to play better, had started to, to 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 round into this version of Patrick Queen, but picking a on elevated his game so much more. Like maybe seeing what an All-Pro looked like and seeing how an All-Pro worked and seeing what an All-Pro did took Patrick Queen like, oh, this is what it looked like. <laughs> and so th- th- his game complemented Patrick so much. And Queen didn't have to... Do other people's job no more. He's like, I got a guy that knows what that I can depend on, and I know is going to do what he's supposed to do. So I can just do my job. Yeah, I ain't got to be play both spots for you know because he had an older guy. He had Bynes there with him, and Bynes okay. damn near my age. So <laughs> <laughs> he kind of, you know I think he tried to compensate compensate for Bynes and 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 whatnot. But when Was Roquan he- came, he solidified that, and and Roquan is way. Like when Roquan got there, he already had 80-something tackles. It was week seven or eight. Mm. Oh, yeah. And and Queen hadn't had that in a season.
0: (laughs) Were they playing Queen as a a Mike or a Will
1: before his arrival, and what are they playing in post? They were playing him as Mike. Okay. then, Then they brought in Bynes, and so they moved him to Will. Queen started playing better. Yeah. Then when they brought in Roquan and they left Queen at Will and left Roquan at Mike, then both of them basically just, took off together.
0: Yeah. Well that it you know what this it's so weird that this tracks so thoroughly for me too because we have a, a micro we have an exact situation mirroring exactly that over here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just Jordan Brooks, you put him, you move him to the middle, you draft him as a middle linebacker of the future. You had to wait a couple years, you had him at will, bounce him to middle and just does not fit last year you put the green dot on his helmet he's struggling with the calls and the adjustments and getting people aligned and all that bobby comes back takes all of that off of his plate he mm-hmm. slides now over to the will and he's just able to go out there and play fast loose and free because i mean it's it's weird with with queen and brooks both picked back to back in the first mm-hmm. round a couple of years ago kind of i know there's some coming out with the theory was. Uh, Brooks was the run-stopping linebacker. Queen was your uh, coverage guy. That was the whole thing with them coming out on, you know, pick your flavor. What do you want? You know, where the game's going. But um, has he been that guy, or is he a complete player that he's kind of rounded into being? Queen um, next to next to Roquan. He now.
1: Oh, I forgot about that. My bad. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Mr. Kane. <laughs> I
1: appreciate it, Mr. Kane.
0: That's my brother uh, from another mother, right there.
1: <laughs> he um. He was a little bit of everything. I, I don't think there was one thing he could hang his hat on because he would, he would, this is kind of backwards. He would be bad in the pass game.
2: Mm-hmm. He
1: missed he'd miss tackles. And then he'd kind of kind of blow reads, whatnot. And he kind of got better at all of those aspects gradually. So he was never a a great run star. So well, he never had like a a, a MO that that you can hang his hat on. But he just got better at all those things. Gradually. And I think his biggest issue was tackling in space. And, yeah. you know, and I was looking at a PFF thing and, and you know, pe- people love or hate PFFs, no gray area. Yeah. But his missed tackle rate starting off was like almost 20. Mm-hmm. Right now it's like seven. Yeah. Which is the best thing for him because he can get there with anybody because of his speed. And I'm pretty sure Jord- Jordan's fast, too, if not faster. Same yeah. same. But he, same he, kind of- he, he wouldn't break down. He wouldn't settle those feet. And he wouldn't wrap and go through. He just, any little slight movement by the ball carrier, he just go right by. <laughs> now he's getting to the point where he can get there, settle his feet, make the tackle. He's made some great open field tackles on some good, elusive guys this year. And you can tell that he has worked on it. I don't know yeah. if it's tips from Roquan or just working on it in practice or he just settled down. But his his tackling thing, is, which was the biggest issue to me, it's, I ain't gonna say it's gone away, but it is not a A lot better.
0: Yeah, I think that's a problem NFL wide right now too. This is the you know these CBAs that they've negotiated the last two times over have all called for less two a days less padded practices mm-hmm. and it becomes i think almost a league-wide issue outside of those outliers as far as tackling because you just can't work on it the only yeah. way to get better at tackling is to live do it you can't do it with the stupid dummy there that's they got the automatic dummy they're moving on the controller <laughs> and they're like go tackle And like not the same not the same as Derek hill Derek henry coming downhill at you with a stiff arm he's leading with it's it's a little bit of a different you know, it doesn't exactly set you up for that, but um, he has been playing well. And same thing with Brooks too. I mean, it's Brooks has sort of kind of cleaned up what was his glaring weakness on his end. It was coverage. Mm-hmm. The man just um, struggles in zone. It'll be the interesting place to see if your Ravens try to attack us in this. And if I was a Ravens offensive coordinator coming in this game, I would be testing that. And that'd be with specific flood zone concepts. You know, he wants to kind of take the cheese on the first guy pulls him up out the zone and yeah, then you just, you it. just, yeah, you hit it right behind it and it's going to be there kind of all day and it's cleaned up this year. He's gotten way better with it. And Bobby's mm-hmm. presence maybe has helped with that. But uh, I think with both queen and Brooks, it's very, the guys drafted back to back and also having kind of some limer career trajectory arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to get paid this
1: off season? You guys going to pay him? Mm-hmm. Want to like, and, and, and there's this thing in our group, like I've been defending him since he was not playing well. And it's mm-hmm. this. Fans and other, you know, our content creators were not saying he needs to go, whatever. But now that he's playing well, people are on the bandwagon. I just don't think we're gonna have because we play Rokhorn, I don't think we're gonna have the money. We may may franchise him. I don't know how that's gonna go because you know then feelings get involved. Uh I feel like we got to find a way to keep him because him and Queen, on and Queen side by side, they can push for that number one spot as far as best linebacker duos, if okay. if not. And and the thing I the reason I like them as being one A if not one B they don't have what what Greenlaw and 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 Werner have in front of them mm-hmm. they don't have Bosa and 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 the the guy from the Eagles and now Chase Young in front of them <laughs> yeah it helps so I, I think they do a lot I think they do more with less.
0: Well, oh, maybe they will be able to, if you look at the the bound structure on your cap going forward, I mean, you're not, you don't have a lot thrown onto that defense across the board. Marlon's getting older. I'm sure mm-hmm. he's getting closer to the end on that. And maybe there will be a willingness to open that up in this case. Um, and they've got to at least got you know, uh, with, with, uh, your, your nose tackles in their little rotation they kept relatively clean. Um, what about the secondary here? I know we talked about the safety, but uh, how are the corners holding up, including Humphrey? Uh, how is that uh, – the, the other safety rolling out there next to
1: him? Has that been a – pleasant, a, pleasant, a pleasant surprise. Um, I don't know if you know but our starting guy, the guy we paid, is hurt, which is Marcus um, Williams. We signed him from New Orleans a couple years ago, but he's hurt, so he's not playing. But his backup, um, Gino, is leading the league in interceptions. Ooh, with five. Gino Stone. Gino it's
2: Stone's a hell of a name. name.
1: Yeah, we, aka Chico, Chico. <laughs> he's leading. <laughs> he's leading the league in interceptions with five. And so, um, when with that going, our corners. I was. I thought our cornerbacks was going to be our worst position. I really did. We brought in mm-hmm. Rocky Sin. I thought he would be like a guy to kind of replace Marcus Peters. Um, Rocky Sin barely plays. Yeah, uh, we, we we got Arthur Molette, who I did not have. Any idea who was who's playing like that third cornerback spot, Um playing that slot corner? You got uh, Brandon Stevens, who I think has four interceptions, maybe three, who's holding it down as probably one of the most targeted cornerbacks in the NFL because a lot of people don't throw him all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So a lot of those targets go to go to Gino. I mean, not Geno, go to Brandon Stevens, and he's holding it down. I mean, people get catches on him, but for the most part, he's holding it down. And when you make a mistake. He capitalizes. But for the first time in a long time, he's been able to play one position and learn the ins and outs of that position. And you
0: don't
1: don't flip your corners, right? So they stay strong side, weak side? It depends on what you got at receiver. And what you got at receiver, we probably won't because you got three guys that can go. Yeah. (laughs) You got three guys that can go. So it probably don't don't matter if we flip them because I, I know what's over there being a Mississippian. And my first game at a certain school was against a certain tall receiver that y'all have. Uh, oh wait! School.
0: Oh hold on! Hold on! I I need to hear this story. Come on! What happened? Right.
1: So did he um, did
0: he do the the Sanders talking about Bo Jackson move? Where he? He's, uh, he's, so he's, I'm he's I'm from you. Mississippi,
1: and so I was a high school coach, and so okay. leaving my hometown, going up north to coach at another school with a friend of mine. We had our spring game, and so I'm talking to a um talking to one of our receivers. I was the offensive coordinator, and we were talking about something. And I hear a behind me. So I turn around and this guy just whims behind me. And I have to look up, it's DK on the fly. And he scores or whatever. Like, man, who is that? And so because I don't know who it is at the time. And so we get the ball and we we I don't know if we score, or whatever happens. But the very next play, they throw another bum, it's DK. So right now it's 14-0 and we ain't play but like six minutes of the game. I'm like, who is this kid? So by now, I get introduced to DK Metcalf, and so from that point on, I know who it is. Oh, he's he's been so much fun for us, too.
0: And uh, I'm sure you have this happening with you at times with guys that you like on the team, but you'll have fans that will start to be down on a guy for certain weird, odd reasons. And he's chippy, and he's gets some personal foul But, boy, one of the tough spots of road that I've had to cover this year as a content creator in regards to DK is that we've got this tiny contingent that's so over it with the – uh, penalties things, that they start talking about trade. And I'm like, you guys are insane. No way we let this guy go. He is uh, too unique, too great, and we haven't maximized him out. You know, you see the way that, like, A.J. Brown's being maximized out with mm-hmm. Philadelphia versus what he was with Tennessee. And you're going, we can kind of do that similar thing if we can get a little bit more, you know, consistent offensively across the board um, to pull it off. But it's not, a to me, a DK problem. It's an sure. offensive problem, you know, for some more. But he was a freaking what – did, what did the – what does the corner say when he comes out as he's given two, two, nine routes over the top? Because I know the coaches are in his face, like, you got to stay over the top. And he's like, I'm doing my best, coach. Is it something like that? Honestly,
1: the coaches don't say anything.
0: <laughs> That's almost worse. What, what,
1: what can you say other than get back? Yeah. Yeah. All you can say is, I told you to get back. And then you, you kind of have mean that because <laughs> it don't matter. Because you're you, you running a, a five, six corner out there on DK. It was like six, three, six, four. So you can get back if you want to. They're still going to throw it up there and he's going to get it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. It, that, that year was crazy. I had to deal with DK, AJ Brown, and Jeffrey Simmons.
0: Oh, my God. In the same year. Jesus. All, was, no. all on different teams? All on different
1: teams. Okay. Who was now, tougher, AJ Brown or DK to deal with? AJ. Oh, okay. AJ. Because DK didn't have the, the 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 shiftiness to, you know, DK couldn't take a, a hitch. And yeah. do what it is. AJ could you, long as the ball got in AJ hands, yeah, you 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 probably gonna score. He was probably he, can, he, can house he could house anything. It, he could do it on a hitch. He could do it on a a slant. He could do it on a nine. He could do it on a jet sweep. You could snap the ball to him. It, it didn't matter with, with 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 um, AJ. Yeah, so. just fast and elusive as hell. But I was gonna say about DK. If you get rid of DK, watch the coverage change on on. um uh, jsn and and like just watch yeah. the cover change
0: yeah i i've i've been making the argument it's uh it, and it's something that it's yeah this is the tough part is that there's not a stat you can track something it gets harder for people to put the respect on it mm-hmm. and so you know i showed it a couple of years ago it was about even two years ago where dk was second in the league and being double teamed he was one percentage point behind Devontae adams that year that was the year that Adams had like got 440 catches and i I kept telling people because they go well he only has about a thousand yards a year and he only gets like 90 and we're paying him this price and i go what you have to understand with this though is that he is pulling the attention away in the secondary and that he is commanding these double teams that coaches Mm -hmm. are scared to death you may not think dk is all that good you may think he's overrated but guess what? Thirty-two NFL, thirty-one NFL coach defensive coaches around the league don't think that because they commit to double-teaming him. If that yep. was that narrative was true, they would not be double-teaming him. And yep. and I don't think I got very far. I, it's because there's just that there is the anti sentiment that I just don't get, and it drives me crazy because it's hard enough to find great players. You just without having people trying to sub subtly push them out of town. Everybody <laughs> looks for numbers.
1: Everybody looks no, for numbers. They do. yeah. Football is is the impact is sometimes is not numbers. Like when you talked about Mike, we talked about Michael Pierce earlier. His impact, like he had five tackles this game, for a defensive tackle, that's a great game for defensive tackles. Because nose their their impact is holding the double team. Mm-hmm. It's a thankless position. If you mm-hmm. can command double teams as a defensive tackle, you did a great job. Because that yeah. means the linebackers don't get all the tackles. Michael Pierce had five tackles. Both linebackers had eleven. Yeah. I so mean the middle of your defense did their job. And th- and, th- and his job is really just to make make a center and guard block him. You'll mm-hmm. get a bad for that.
0: No, no, it's it's the most thankless job on the defense. It really is. Because you're you are doing the the epitome of just dirty work down there. Mm-hmm. But it's testament, right. If you can make tackles out of that and, and not only be immovable, but then actually split the double teams occasionally and then hustle down and, and do that. That's just um that's insane value at the nose tackle position because you really do set it with just just don't get pushed back and hold right. the point of attack with these two guys. Please, by God, do that. Um, well, let's go over your little bit to the offensive side of the ball here. Um, the first thing I want to ask on the last thing on the defense. Defensive right. changes, it looks like you're a little bit more. There is some blitzing, but it looks a little bit more of a commitment to front four mm-hmm. and and rolling with the coverages, squeezing those windows on the back end. Of course, this goes very much opposed to how you guys were running before. I mean, man, Wink Martindale, baby. Night night. Light it up. Night light day. it up, you, right? Uh, we, we,
1: we, with Wink you were going to see blitzes and man coverage. You, you were going to see it. Appreciate you Juan uh, and John. You were going to see um, blitzes and man coverage. But with, with Mike, you're going to get a lot of post-snap changes. You'll get a two-high look, and it'll end up being one or, or man. Or you'll get a, a single-high look, and it'll end up being four or two. So with Mike, you're getting a lot of different changes. You're getting a lot of games up front. And those games could be with the defensive ends and the tackles. It could be with the two tackles. It could be with a linebacker and a tackle. And he's doing a good job of just mix. I've been so impressed with, with Mike over his two years. And I didn't want it. I ain't. I can't even front. I didn't want him. I thought it was a I, not necessarily a, a nepotism hire because he had worked for the, the Ravens. I just thought it was kind of like a friendship type deal because they sent him to work with, with the brother at Michigan and then yeah. brought him right back. I thought it wasn't going to work but he has shut my mouth. He's doing a great job, and pretty and the communication issues that we used to have, we don't have anymore. And I think part of that is him, and part of that is Roquan. But he, you'll get some of anything out of Mike, and we're starting to get pressure with four, which yeah. I think what any NFL team wants.
0: Yeah, Do not well, have to
1: blitz as much. And it, it
0: it starts with to get there, you gotta have the investment, which you guys mm-hmm. have done. The, the topping off with Clowney, a dwarf ways a, a development inside there Um, even having a guy like uh, your the backup knows that we were talking about trent coming off the bench to be able to give a little bit of pressure in there too you know martindale is the what i call the fans ideal defensive coordinator coach <laughs> because he's the one where every fan's answer on defense is always blitz more blitz more i'm a, i'm guilty of it too coach i've we all been there right like were you at your wits end with Wink at that point? Were you ready to go to more of a, this isn't where we can, you can't do this because of miscommunication stuff you talk about. That's, you know, your are blitzing here, blitzing in there. There's a lot of extra details back in. This has got to mm-hmm. be done. One guy messes up his detail and it's toast. Were you kind of at your wits end there? Were you ready for something new? Or did you like what he brought to the
1: table in his approach? I was because if we had the corners to do it, that'd be mm-hmm. different. We yeah. didn't have the corners. Um, Marcus was hurt. Uh, Marlo was one guy and they just were, uh, they, they were avoiding him. We just didn't have the corners to just play man all the time. Yeah. And he just like he didn't care. Like he refused to adjust to the personnel. He just yeah. constantly would run his calls. And if we didn't get there, the the DBs were toast. And what's we, your
2: go ahead? What's your
0: sorry, what's your preference then between if you have to choose where you've got two cover corners in a Martindale scheme that you can
1: operate off of,
0: or a scheme like this where you can get some relatively good pressure up
1: front with the front four. I Give me the, what we have now. Okay. E- even with the good corners, give me what we have now, because that way those guys can get eyes on the quarterback through the receiver, and they have mm-hmm. more chance to to get picks and less chance to get PIs.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Because PIs coming becoming just as important as them catching the Durham football now.
0: Yeah. And, and, and when you're getting into a position where you're man coverage, you're oftentimes going to get grabby there when you start to get, oh, he's got to step on me, and instantly that hand starts coming up and reaching out and pulling on those jerseys. Um, but I, I do love that perspective, understand. Sorry to interrupt you, but that was the thing I was going to was kind of want to ask you on this, too, is where's the preference at? Because we find ourselves on my defense right now, a little bit of uh, we're doing similar stuff to you in that I think I lean into saying what you got to be defensively rather than blitz heavy or not blitz heavy or just getting the front four and everybody dropping his own, Which you got to be is multiple and very and yep. you just you, you can't show these quarterbacks the same look. You've got to just kind of be spinning through a little bit rather than it's here's our identity. We were cover three for 10 years. It's cover three or nothing. <laughs> cover three or broke, that,
1: right? That, co- hey, that cover three with the LO, uh, L.O.B. was ooh.
0: It was nice. Somebody was saying recently, I was saying, I don't know if you buy this, that the, the cover three defense set defenses back 10 years because everybody started to try to replicate the defense and nobody had the athletes or talent to make the simplistic nature of it work. But you and, can't play
1: country cover three. Huh? You can't play country cover three. You got to have nuances in it.
0: You do. But that was the problem is all these people took it up and there was they just tried to go, oh, cover three. That's what they're running 80% of the time. Let's just do that. And <laughs> it, it, that was sort of the application of it, it seemed like. And it and it seemed like in its simplicity, you had offenses going to complexity at the same very time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it almost kind of feels like a little bit this year. We're seeing scoring down and red zone offenses being inefficient. Coach, you buying? Are the defenses maybe catching up a little bit back now to the offense? Are they starting to get a little bit maybe more of that evolutionary process of growth that we saw from offenses, pre-snap, post-snap, motion, that type of stuff?
1: I think the defenses are, are catching up. But I think more defensive um, – more athletes are starting to play defense now. Yeah. Like you're starting to see – like the guy I mentioned. we talked about before we came on, uh, Woodland. With a what six three that fast, you're starting to see like like let's take Aaron Donald. Where is he fat at?
2: <laughs> Nowhere.
1: No. Look, you look at a Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons could probably play running back or or receiver.
0: Yeah. You say
1: right. Those guys are starting to play defense now. And so they're just but our old linemen are still looking the same. Mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> so, you know, look at Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett out there doing the crossover moves, like he playing basketball, then going beating the, the yeah, yeah, That's
0: <laughs> so scary. <laughs> it freaks me out when I see
1: that. They just getting better and better on that defensive side. And you taking those younger guys that are doing more uh, nuance and intricate and new stuff like Mike. And I'm sure there are other guys out there, D'Amico Ryans and, and other guys. And they just, you know, offense got evolved, but the defense, you got to give them the credit. They're starting to evolve and they're getting guys to actually want to play defense now. And, and if, to keep it 100, defense is a lot harder to play in the NFL right now because we all want to oh, see yeah. scoring, and they have catered the rules to offense. Oh,
0: oh yeah, in every way, shape, and form. Yep. How do you deal with the quarterbacks, how you call things on the back end, all, all the way around. That is absolutely the truth. Um, and I do see it the same way, man. I, I think that this is where these guys are catching up. I think some of it's a little bit of those you know, running backs looking out going, hey, man, those guys aren't getting paid anymore. I'm going to go be a <laughs> linebacker. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'm going to go get paid. I'm going to go get, be a linebacker and go get paid. Screw this $2 million a year and bust my body up for all nothing right. you know, type thing. That glamour position ain't so glamorous no more. Uh, we got a couple donos here. Let me catch up on these. Hunter Biden's crack pipe. Thank you for the five dollar donation. <laughs> says uh, Ravens gonna get smacked by the Seahawks harder than Ray Rice smacks his baby boy. Oh, Hunter coming in with the gloves low. <laughs> says I was gonna tell another Ray Rice joke, but it it hits too hard. <laughs> I, I don't fire shots, but I can't guarantee my chat might not uh, throw a, throw a few low blows out there. <laughs> they'll, they'll,
1: they'll swing back. They probably they probably in my chat box swing back
0: they're they're going at him too thank you under though thank, appreciate the fiber man and uh yeah that was a that was a crazy situation there on that one uh, definitely finished off on ray uh ski nation thank you and uh, Hunter. sorry about the late on some of these donos acknowledging and we got in our conversation i just got kind of lost there Uh ski nation thank you for the ten dollar donation it says ravens are scary good if seattle can pull off a win against a super bowl contender this good it will legitimize the team for real which speaks volumes for the ravens should be the Sunday nighter. Yeah, boy. I I know that, you know, I'm not a fan of 10 a.m. games anyway for us on the West Coast. It sucks getting up first thing and you're just, you know, your boys aren't awake and they're, you know, come on, you know, come on. Because it's 10 a.m. their time. You know, try to play right. a football game at 10 a.m. But I, I'd like to see, a, this would have been in a game that I would have loved to see flexed out prime time. Oh, even four. Yeah, even four even yep. forward just going a little bit a little bit later with it but uh ski nation brings up something that i do feel like this coming into this game i think that when i looked at the schedule this offseason coach i i said that the two toughest games to be on the schedule for us and this is with us having niners twice and the eagles at home and on the road of cowboys and i said no the two toughest games on the schedule this are going to be the on the road with the Bengals, on the road with the ravens and i think right now as it stands this it may end up being our toughest game this year when it's all said and done when you consider all the factors at play so I agree with Skeet, man. If we do pull off this win, I think it is uh, certainly a one of those statement wins for us that we feel like coming out because even when I'm going to do my prediction show later tonight on another stream, it's, I'm going to be giving you guys probably the slight edge on this one just for no for no and everything else. I, I think we are close teams. I think it'll be a close fight, but I, I do think you guys are legitimate. And like I said before, very quietly, a team not being talked about who could ascend into that marker of being the best team in the AFC when it's all said and done with that first round. Have, you,
1: have you played the, the Bingo yet? We did. Yeah, we
0: uh, it went down to the wire. Uh-huh. Uh, we just couldn't get a, a, a final drive with Gino and the boys at the end there. They got they got the ball down to like nine yard line and, and had four chances at it and just mm-hmm. couldn't put it through. Um, they but, me. uh, they're they, they are me. scary, yeah, because people get caught up on the early season thing. But Burrow had the the calf and like mm-hmm. we got him back when the calf was 100%. Our defense really held it down against him, but I think that's a complete football team. They've been good mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Uh, the Jesse base thing hurts. Yes. That's a that's a big loss for them out there in that secondary. But they're still really well put together, really well coached. And, you know, they they don't tend to beat themselves. Yep. So I, I think they're going to be in that hunt too. I still think the Ravens are a little more well-suited overall to even be over the top of them. But I, those are two teams that – Everyone, it's all about the little bit of Chiefs and you hear about the Bills and people mm-hmm. getting caught up a little bit with Jacksonville at times here, but don't forget about these two teams out there in, in that North. Your only problem in your division is you all beat up on each other.
1: Yep, every year. You all got to be year. biting
0: fingers off and tearing off ears by the time you get to the playoffs, man. You know, yeah. just bandages and casts. That's all you get by the time you get to that spot. But Bengals are tough. No doubt about it, man. They were every bit as good as I thought they were going to be going into that game. It was they're the real deal. You got Didn't you guys catch them early? with? Uh, yeah, we beat them uh, game two.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Him, he, he played, but he, he we, uh, I don't think they scored over 10 points. I don't remember the exact yeah. score, but I think we held him under 10, but we beat him.
0: He needs his mobility in the pocket. Not that you guys didn't beat him fair and square with it, it's just that, but he needs his mobility in the
1: pocket to be at his best. But, but if you last year, we should have beat them in the playoffs with half a team. Yeah, so Mike, Mike has done a good job scheming those guys up. We had Snoop at quarterback, uh, a lot of guys were out, and they barely, if it wasn't for um, Snoop trying to dive over the top and fumbling the ball. They had a 99 yard fumble return.
0: Or did he hit the Walter Payton?
1: Uh, well he tried. He it was it the goal line. He tried to reach over the pylon. they knocked it out and ran it back for a touchdown. So that's oh, how they won. Well. Yeah. But one for that, we had him on the ropes.
0: Did last year was Lam- between you and the wall. We won't. You have to tell your your chat on this. Uh, could Lamar Lamar played? Was that
1: because the contract hadn't been done? I don't know. Because the same injury that he had, the guy for the center for the um the uh Memphis Grizzlies still hadn't played. Okay. The same, same injury, same exact injury.
0: Yeah. You and can I see know from he's that far out. Hurt, but...
1: Hurting him because he's taller and he probably hurts him a little bit more. And you know, basketball is more of a bouncy thing, but the same injury he hadn't played yet. And and it could be contract and he didn't wanna risk it. I don't know. Some people say he should have played. I I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't have played. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't have either. You got to he had earned the contract at that point. I, all I right. mean, I, I thought the Ravens got a little cute at times when the, and now he's, he, it was hard, his own agent, mom agent. I know that I can't come in this, like, knowing like, I know all the particulars are going, but, but in general terms, the man was an MVP, you reward quarterbacks this age if they get that spot. Um, I could understand him being, um, but I did wonder, there was a little bit of a thing of going, yeah, is you maybe be going, oh, you're not giving me the contract. Huh? Is that what you're not going to do? You're not going to pay me. Huh? Okay <laughs> It okay. shouldn't have been that hard. No, it should not have.
1: It shouldn't have been that. He had one MVP unanimously, which I don't think, but one other guy's done that. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have been that hard. It should have been what, how much you want. Okay, huh?
0: Yeah, especially when we're watching other teams throwing out contracts to these guys very early and prematurely, like your golf's, like your wins. I mean, go down the list and down the line. I mean, right. Kyler Murray's and Jalen. Pay the man. Don't should don't get cute. You with should have got it early. A smart yeah. person
1: would have got it right. early
0: yeah agreed that's what they do is that they go let's squeeze that this is that whole fifth year thing with the first round picks that I just don't buy into where I go don't think about it like that. If the guy performs out the only way you're getting to that fifth year is if he's not been doing well. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you're really getting there. And if he performs in the first three years, you're paying him. That's the way that works. You're they're going to want to be rewarded. They're not going to be like, oh I'll wait two years. But you get to these organizations, Cowboys did this with Dak, mm-hmm. where I didn't think they should pay that I thought Dak that was a real supporting cast thing. And we're going to get to this as a question soon about supporting cast for a superstar quarterback. But you know they stretch that thing out on Dak too and then end up having to pay the Piper now they're, you know moaning and complaining about the fact that you know oh my god the cost on dax call it we can't build the team back up around it's like well you waited and stretched it as far as you could you ra- you grabbed that extra year out a bit um niners had this happen with bosa how do you end mm-hmm. up with 35 million a year for bosa because you pushed one one year too many on that before you decide to get the deal done yep but uh ski nation thank you for that donation brother and i think it's gonna be a great game i think it's gonna be a great game i look i really do look forward to it i but i do think you guys might have a little bit of an edge on us uh megan who i want to uh thank you megan for uh hooking me up here with coach it was her suggestion that put me on to you on uh, your channel and whatnot so thank you megan my main mod here in the chat and as well for the five dollar donation she says uh, welcome to the nest coach two of my favorite creators in one place at one time love it love it well uh, i appreciate you for that megan and uh i'm having a great time here with this hip too i'd love to do of course be able to do this in the future i got some more i want to chop up with you but uh
1: having a great time with it and um Thank you, Megan, for putting put me on to you on this. And she's she's was has a had a great time in our chat boxes. Not only me, but other Ravens content creators. She comes over there and shows a bunch of love. So I was you know pleased to get the email from you because I knew exactly how it happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I said, Hey, you, who we got on this Megan. Cause like you i have gone through some of these channels during prior, prior weeks of which one and you know, and some people don't respond. Some do it gets hard, but you know, reach out to him. Yeah, you'll, you'll be good on it. So uh, appreciate you for doing that, Megan. And uh, thank you again to coach for coming on today, man. And I can attest with folks with coach right now. He's running 24 seven during the year right now. You're, <laughs> you're, your head spinning. You're trying to think what's next video, get this video, get this thumbnail, direction mm-hmm. title. So I totally get that. Let's um, Let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball here a I think we've covered defense pretty well. Um, The offensive line's in pretty good shape. seems like you're doing a good job of getting some of these elder statesman players who a lot of people would think don't have anything maybe a little bit left in the tank, but then you're not only getting something left in the tank, but getting them to play well. We talked about Pierce on the other side of the ball and Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of the other guys, but then you're also
1: getting it out there from um, Morgan Moses. Morgan Moses, yes. Uh, Morgan Morgan Moses, I thought he was done with the Jets. He's come over and... What we're asking him to do, he's pretty good at. We're not asking him to be this sheer mauler. He's mm-hmm. a he's a he's a good puller. He's okay in pass pro. He does have his his brain farts, but he <laughs> he's okay. He's and he, he they have a good chemistry going on. We I think we have one weak link, and but we're doing stuff to kind of cover him up. Yeah, because he, he's right beside Ronnie. Yeah. So, you know, and we'll we'll see. Maybe he'll get better, maybe he won't. I don't know. But I and I just got a personal vendetta again. Maybe he ain't the weak And I, I just don't like him.
0: PFF backs you up on that. Simpson is that yep, yeah. exactly what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. They, they back you up on that. They that's he's the lowest rated lineman on there, so the it tracks. And like you said with PFF, I'm not a PFF um, ultimate guy, but like you say, there's this that place where there's no in between ground here, where it's mm-hmm. like, well, what what I think you got to do is that you take as much data in as you can in making your assessments. And right. so that's that is the eye test. That is the all 22. Mm-hmm. That is the PFF scores because I think we're not sitting there grading every individual play of a player, and right. and and there's some leeway there, but it's still a point of value it's still a metric that you shouldn't just toss away just because it and, and the nfl teams across the league aren't they all got analytic guys and pff guys in their mm-hmm. in their in their deals so um but yeah it's simpson is the place that hopefully we can go out there and attack with our newly arrived leonard williams he can just go after that and maybe he can attack that center you said had a hard time with with uh his at what do you think about that trade for us as a man with no doubt
1: right mean, well when i saw it I have a little group chat that I'm in with a bunch of uh, Ravens fans and we kind of, we kind of exclusive. When I saw it, I sent them an explicit. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why can't the trade deadline be next week? (laughs) Cause I know exactly where he's going to go. So he's, go, <laughs> he's going to play three technique on the offensive <laughs> left, the defensive right. I know exactly where he's going to go Sunday.
0: So <laughs> yeah. said three technique in his presser when they were talking about it. Yeah, he's got that three technique. Yeah. He's, going, he's, going, he's going
1: right in front of Simpson and Linderbaum like ASAP.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I guess I don't have to ask you, you do like like Williamson as a as a player.
1: Oh yeah. I like him, him and sexy Dex next to each other. They were doing work for New York, so um, I'm I'm sure he'll come in and, and fit what you guys are doing with um, because the back end has to work well with the front end. I'm a firm believer of that. Even yeah. when, Warren, when Warren Sapp introduced me to that concept, uh, whenever he used to work for the NFL Network, I've been a firm believer of it because I was I was one of those guys that was skill guy heavy, skill guy heavy, but yeah. I'm like you. It, it starts with the front end on both sides, the interior D-line and the offensive line. And then you work your way out. And That's where got, I'm yeah, I bet you good.
0: I, I agree with it. I, I I think that I can understand there being a rise with some of the skill position players and secondary guys as they become more important, but it's it's gotten, it's like everything, everything gets a little bit over pushed a little bit too far and too extreme and you get lost for some of the fundamental things you still need down there that can have that kind of impact. Um. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm the same way and uh, we'll see how that battle is going to go this week. Do you, do you think they overpaid too much? As a, again, you don't. I like to ask this question to you because you are your person that doesn't have that dog. You don't have a bias on this. So, is it a is it a move that a contender should make to go for it from your standpoint, or is that man? That's a, we we value picks out
1: here in Baltimore. I think at the at that point, I think it's a move you make because, especially with the situation you're in, there's a chance now, especially with a certain team and quarterback heck and losing three in a row. You got the doors open. Yeah. And you make, you make your run right now. You make a yeah. run. You, 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 you got to gamble sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes when you gamble, sometimes you hit, and this is an opportunity to, to do that. You're, you're if I'm not mistaken. You guys are leading the, the division right now. Right. We are indeed. That's right. Shoot, shoot your shot.
0: That's, that's why I thought it was okay to do too. Cause I thought it, you gotta, you gotta read the room. You guys mm-hmm. in the FC are in a murderer's row territory. Mm-hmm. I, in your division alone, you got three. You, know, you look at the NFC, what's the NFC right now? Uh, Eagles, Niners, maybe Cowboys, maybe Cowboys, yep. maybe you know, and you guys, and us. Yeah, I mean, that's as wide open as it gets. Why not? You know, if you're in that mix, just in that mix alone, why not go mm-hmm. out there and make that move? Did you like the Niners with the uh, the Chase Young trade?
1: Yeah, I like them, but um, I, I put a tweet out earlier that they probably should have traded for a quarterback.
0: That's the thing that their fan base is even saying is okay, it's good, but this secondary quarterback offensive line these were really the the current patent issues that are on the books i think think they
1: i think they straight defensively
0: yeah oh they're 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 tough i mean young's gonna help them that is no doubt i mean and they got gregory now as a rotational guy Mm -hmm. in there i mean (laughs) we've got a hell we got a hell of a like six seven game schedule coming up here but you know it's 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 aggressive. They definitely, they saw our move and they said, okay, we're going to one-up you on this one a little bit. And they came in with Chase. It'll be a, a hell of a fight. But um, yeah, I still wonder if that's, they might have that dominant pass rush, but still secondary issues, still an offensive line, especially a, a wounded Trent, 36-year-old mm-hmm. wounded Trent. Maybe not uh, maybe not their full strength. Um, how are these receivers doing? I saw Odell out there doing Odell tantrum things last week on the sideline. Growing <laughs> um, his helmet. Not, angry. Not, not, for, not
1: for what he used to do him for. Not for what I'm using doing for. I think this was because, like, every time he has opportunity to get the ball, he he gets pi. He got he got uh, he draw through. He drew three pis last week. Geez. Didn't have a catch. <laughs> oh, God. Didn't have a catch at all. But he drew three pis. Two of them led directly to touchdowns. Okay. Um. So he he's working his way back to. He'll never be the old Odell. Never be that no. guy. So he no. he's just trying to get in the mix. You know, because you know he need he has to have the ball. At some yeah. point, and for to to play that many snaps and to have zero catches, and then every opportunity you get, it, it's a pi. <laughs> and with the exception of one, he had one that was a back shoulder that that was it would have been a great catch if he caught it. But with as good as Odell hands are, you kind of expect him to catch everything. So he, in our eyes, he probably should have caught it. There's, that was frustration because he just can't get in a groove, and every now and then he'll make a catch and and you know break out or whatever, but. It, that's that's a frustration just trying to get back to what he was. He, you know, keep in mind he missed a year and a half of football. Oh, yeah, and no, he's he just trying to get get back to us. So I don't think it was the frustration like what Devontae Adams is going through, yeah, but it's it's it still was frustrating. And I don't, I don't think he has any issue with anybody on the team or like I need Durham ball or, or Keyshawn Johnson, throw me a damn. but it's just trying to get back in a groove, trying to figure out, you know. How I can still be effective at because I'm not athletically what I used to be. I need to get into my bag mentally and see how to get open more and be effective. And maybe I need to use them a little different. Maybe we don't need to have him outside all the time. Maybe we need to work him in the slot some. Maybe we need to put him in motion, run him on crossers. Maybe, yeah. you know, just find creative ways to get in the ball. And he don't, he don't have to have nine, 10, 11 catches or even targets, four or five. Because we got younger guys that we got enough targets. We just spread the ball around.
0: But do you think he's going to come in and have, by what you're saying, I'm sort of reading it, is that you feel like at some point this year, he's going to come out there and give you, I mean, even hey, driving three p PIs alone, leading to yeah. two touchdowns, he's having an impact. So you feel that impact is coming this year with him at some point, even if it hasn't quite synced up uh, up to this point.
1: Yeah. I, t- I told the guys, um yes, yesterday, um week after this, bye, after the bye week, 13, that's when I expect to see the guy that I like. Yeah, and I was I was a huge Odell fan before he signed with Baltimore, and so yeah. the guy I want to see, I expect to see him after week thirteen.
0: Well, I think too, you you can't because there's a lot of people who would question Odell before, let's say going to the Rams. I think a lot about does he love the game? Is he love being a football player, or is he actually a football? Mm-hmm. And the thing, the story that said it stood out to me with him going to the Rams is the medical staff looked at that knee and they went, uh, "This is a uh, ticking time bomb, Odell." This thing's going to blow up at some point. We don't want to sign up for this. And he signed the waiver. He said, I don't care. Let me go out there and go get my ring. And he helped that team go get that ring. I mean, he yeah. went down the Super Bowl, but, I mean, he went out there and, and balled out for them. He didn't go out there and play tentative or scared or whatnot. He went out there and, and really helped that team put him over the top a little bit in, in his addition because their receiving core was kind of wor- you know hurt. So there's some hope there, I think, on him as a player in that. But no doubt about it, that knee was twice over ACL'd. They said the first surgery was messed up, I think they said. And mm-hmm. ugh, that just sounds gnarly, you know, having an ACL messed up surgery. That just sounds.
1: And they have play, a whole season with no ACL.
0: That's right. That's right. It makes the cartilage in my knee quiver a little bit, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, just that, it's, it's like you see a guy getting hit in the nuts and you're like, oh. Yeah. Uh, we got another uh, donation here from Seahawks Gaming it says, didn't the Ravens draft Trenton Simpson? We did.
1: We did. He's a special teamer where he needs to be. Until we see what we're gonna do with Patrick Queen, he has the same problem Pat Queen had. He's too fast. <laughs>
0: he's too well,
1: fast. and he's
0: uh, he's an interesting case study. Here's another thing too. We talked about value. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the bitch about doing the value based approach on things, isn't it, Coach? That you know that's yep. gonna lead you sometimes to taking a position you got too stacked up in front. Yeah, you know, and that's that's just the you you I, what I say with this, and I think you're probably the same way. That, you don't get to do the the straddle the two lines thing because that's what people want to do is they go, well, just do both. Do it on like the first round pick will be value and then the second round pick will be need and then the third. No, 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 no. It's a philosophy-based deal. You either go left or you go right. Yep. You got to pick a lane. That's the way this works. and um, If you
1: straddle the fence, you will be picking one, two, or three all the time. That's
0: right. That's right. Football requires you to go. This is where we want to functionally go to. This is what we're tangibly choosing to do, not like kind of happenstance do, but you want to go get this done. Mm-hmm. And so that pick right there is a, a direct um, relation to it. And it could pay off. You got to have the negotiations with Queen go down. You got to have a little bit of insurance there if Queen does happen to walk. Last year, you had guys like Tremaine Edmonds and Jermaine Pratt, who are good middle linebackers in the sport, good linebackers in the sport, but not. Not Roquan Smith types, right? They're mm-hmm. not Fred Warner. They're still getting paid 17, 18 million a year. Right. That or Trent Simpson, maybe a bit of, you know, can I we use those assets to other places having Trent then ascend next year? But he got played weird at Clemson. They did one thing one year with him, then the next year they finally moved him a middle linebacker. Then he was kind of trying to figure out, didn't have a natural feel for it. But he wasn't just purely at Clemson right. as a Mike. His, his, his worst ahead.
1: position at Clemson was, was in the box. Yes. When I when I did a film on him, I thought yeah. he was a better age and a better, like a, a alley player. And then yeah. when they stuck him in the box, he um just didn't look natural there. So for us to uh draft him for that, I would hope something shakes where we don't have to use him there. Or at least he's at least hopefully he's learned the position by the time we have to have him there because he didn't look natural in the box.
0: He's definitely a will to me. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no mic to his, and that's not a slant on him because he's still a very athletic, like you said, mm-hmm. fast as hell player. Uh, there's a lot he brings to the table, but not a mic. I mean, right. that's that last that final year of college tape was pretty. I mean, this is why he dripped from being a good first round prospect going into that year to dipping down into being a second round guy because he fitted in that role.
1: And went, ooh, but will losing Lose, Lose, Lose. venerables help? Helped t- well hurt him too.
0: Losing who? Oh ben-
1: yeah, the, the, the DC for yeah, he went to Oklahoma. Of, yeah. yeah. Yep. That's
0: for sure. Cause he was putting him in the position to get the most out of him rather than fitting him into no pun intended the box. Right. right? He's a, he's a player that you got to creatively utilize, not just sort of form fit him a bit. And, um, he's a guy that could play a little bit like a, you know, kind of old school you remember Julian Peterson back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of not got the size of him, but maybe you can move a little bit of early down linebacker and eventually he can, is, is there that upside to him? You've had a chance to see him. Can he do some rushing the passer at his size off the edge? <laughs>
1: He did it at Clemson. I haven't seen much of it done okay. with Baltimore because he he doesn't play a lot. He played a lot in the pre in the preseason, but not. He didn't play a lot in the preseason because we mm. had some UDFA's that play a lot played a lot more than him in the okay. preseason. He kind of got the the garbage time in preseason. So there's he's strictly a special teams guy, and if he has to play next year, he's gonna have to come a long way. Okay, he's gonna have to <laughs> develop a lot over over the the course of a year.
0: It, but yes, it is, we did draft him. <laughs> at least it is that nice he got Roquan there. So there's not going to be that pull to have mm-hmm. to slide him into something that just is not a natural fit for. Because I think he can be pretty, if he can get the stuff locked down, he could be
2: a pretty and, good one.
1: With Roquan, if he if it looks like he has to play, I've got I'm confident that Roquan will have him, you know, not where he needs to be, but having him going in the right direction as far as teaching him what he needs to know and having him playing on the, the best of his ability.
0: That's a great point. That's a great point. Certainly, it's helped uh, Mr. Queen next to him, hasn't it? Um, and that, to, that, to, that, uh, to that point. Uh, thank you, Seahawks Gaming, for that don't know. Primo, thank you for the $5 donation. Says, what's up, Brando? How you doing, Primo? Was at the game Saturday next to Mr. and Mrs. Seahawk. Great seats, great game, and throwbacks looked amazing. You liking
1: our throwbacks last week? You digging those jerseys? I, yeah, I think you guys have the best jerseys, but not throwbacks. No, you're not feeling the throwbacks. Okay. No, They're they not, they not, they not bad my favorite yeah, yeah. jersey is that that lime that loud green uh, the the, the
0: full on green
1: yes the neon, the, green on, the, down, the neon all the way down all the way down i love it
0: tips of the toes to the top of the it.
1: hat okay i love it i love it that is my favorite <laughs> i think you guys have the best jerseys in the league and i think that is that is my favorite jersey oh man, green on is- green
0: there's some split. There's some folks out there that start getting migraines uh, when they see that green come on the screen. It's just too bright, man. It's so I don't bright. have to watch
1: it all the time, though. So I maybe that's, that's why I like
0: it. Yeah, that's true. It's It just gets kind of sprinkled in. You get it once or twice, so you don't have it too much. But, man, yeah, it, it can be sometimes real bright. We're like, Jesus, think like, are they reflective? Um, keys to the game, as uh, Primo versus the Ravens. Um, I'll give my quick little thoughts, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on keys against our team. Um, I think that uh, obviously we've got to, I, I, and we're going to talk about this a little bit with Lamar in a second. Um, we've got to keep Lamar from kind of destroying us like he destroyed us a couple of years ago at home, where, you know, he really controlled that game offensively against us, I thought. And defense played well too. It wasn't just he was superhero man at that game, but that was really him at a, the height of his powers and us uh, just running around and us slipping and falling all over the place. And it was a wet day. I, 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 we've got to keep him controlled in this game. Um, the rushing attack, is something that you guys do stay committed to, but we've been good in every single game and stop in the run. I'm, I'm, I, it's something we had to deal with, but it's to me more of containing Lamar in here and not letting him go off and explode. Um, and then um, defensively speaking, or you know, going up against your guys' defense and offensively speaking, we've got to be, um, and, and watching it, it doesn't look like there's always a lot of opportunities deep with you guys dropping into coverage. It seems like we're going to have to be patient. We're going to have to move the chains. We're going to have to run the ball. And B, I, I you know, if we get into, the, we've been in some trouble, Bill, here lately in that approach that happens with those defenses where they turn you one dimensional, stop the run, turn you into a passing team. And now the, the front four starts to pin its ears back and it just gets problematic more and more as the game goes along. It gets worse and worse and worse. And we've got to find the balance. Our ground game is just not. We've had the big plays. Walker mm-hmm. will bust off a 45 yarder, but then there's just no holes. And. The big part of that's been we've been down two, three, four, five-fifths of our offensive line in varying games throughout every single game this season. And so running the ball, maintaining balance, controlling the time of possession is going to be huge in this. I think that is almost – that's not always one I'd lean to, but I feel like time of possession in this one is going to factor really big on who's kind of able to control things. How that's, about you? That's,
1: that's what I was going to say. My, my thing is going to be time of possession and not turning the ball over. Offensive. That's – yeah. Yes. And winning third downs. That winning that their
0: third way? downs, yeah. which is which connects right back to that time of possession, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I wouldn't – you're probably the same way. I wouldn't always say that as a key on all games, but on this one especially on the road against the Lamar team and group that they can do that. We're the same way. Our offenses are the same way. It's not built mm-hmm. on us. We can't hit you deep. We can beat you, but it's more of like we will kind control of just the move the chains and control the clock on you. So who does it better of the two that have that as their general
1: philosophy offensively is probably who ends up winning out in this football game. I think this is going to be one of those games where – and this is not always the case, but whoever has the most first downs is probably going to win.
0: I think that that's an accurate way of putting it too. I think these all kind of connect together, be it mm-hmm. controlling the clock, time possession, most uh, most first round, third down conversion rates, um, as opposed to sometimes I think you'd say, we got to run the ball well today, or we, we got to go get turnovers, or we got to get some big plays. And I wouldn't say that today. It's This will be about who can be the patient team um, and stay in the pocket in their mm-hmm. approach. Um Something I want to talk about with the Lamar is that there was another change, which you guys did. You guys kind of made two changes defensively and offensively, if I'm not mistaken. And if I'm talking out of school, please do correct me on this one because I don't want to say it, say it wrong. But we had a wink Marndale blitz-heavy scheme. We'll send everybody. Uh, zero Cover zero blitzes, casino blitzes all day long. You're now going to more of the front four, dropping the coverage. Offensively, it seems like, too, we go from Roman's offense, which was the Colin Kaepernick built. I'm going to turn my quarterback into a running back. Mm-hmm. And then we'll still operate offensively around that, but that's at the center of the of the universe here a little bit in our approach now let's let's have lamar start to show the growth be more of a pocket passer hit your back foot get that ball out of your hand is that a uh, accurate assessment of that
1: very accurate very accurate it's to the point um i i feel like we are migrating to the what is new football in a, in a spread world mm-hmm. and we we're still built in the in Roman's image. So we 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 don't necessarily have all the pieces to be a fully modern NFL team or or a spread NFL team. So we're trying to figure out who can do what and how well they can do that. And so we're hitting these patches of and and of of clunkiness, in Kurt Warner's word, clunkiness to um find this out. And so we're at a point was this week nine where we need to start looking. It needs to start looking a certain way. And I have an issue when it doesn't look a certain way. Not saying we should win every game or win every drive, but at this point in the season, it should look a certain way. And that's the issue I had with uh, last week. Now, they may have been working on something because they may have said, this Arizona, they only won one game. Let's work on something to try to throw off Seattle. They may have said that. I personally wouldn't look at it like this because (laughs) it's the NFL. Everybody gets paid to play. I, you know, you need to win this game first, and if you're blowing them out in the fourth quarter, then you work on something. Yeah, but I I just didn't like what I saw, holistically Sunday.
0: Now are they are they sliding into back to the old tendencies of Roman? Is that the the no, cause of that?
1: No, it was like Arizona was dropping eight, and we were still trying to throw the ball into it. Uh-huh. We had like I remember yelling in my screen in my stream, "Why are we throwing the ball?" They had a four one box. They had four defensive linemen, one linebacker, and we were still throwing the ball.
2: Whoa! What
1: were you you guys? What
0: were were, were 11 personnel?
1: Yes. Now, sometimes the the tight end was attacked. I mean, detached. But it still was 11 personnel. Five, their five versus our seven, because, you know, we have a quarterback that can run. Yeah. They were, we were still throwing the ball in that. And I was basically pulling my eyebrows out, because I don't have hair on my head. Wondering why, you know, and I was almost look at it a little deeper later on, but I just couldn't, I don't know if he was working on stuff or what, but we are transitioning from what Roman was doing to a more modern NFL thing. And I think that'll save, that'll extend Lamar's career because what Roman was doing, Lamar wouldn't have lasted another three or four years. He, it was great to see. It was, you know, it was fun to, for him to be able to, his usage, but, his body wouldn't have been able to take that punishment because he just—he's a football. He's a competitor. His butt will won't slide all the time, and he won't run out of bounds. And that he ain't finished the last two seasons. He just his body wasn't gonna wasn't gonna hold up if we stayed with that style. And we probably stayed a year too long with, with Roman.
0: I I agree on it. I I kind of thought. The, the, the strategy, because the, the Ravens can be very, you know, we've got our process in the front office and how we play it out, that there was going to be maybe a little bit of the, we'll use him up through the five years, let him go out, and and then we'll just reverse this back over again. We'll go find another mobile quarterback, and then we'll stay in the pocket of this offense rather than paying him the big contract. I, I wondered if that, I'm glad they did pay him and that they didn't go that cold-blooded approach, but it looked like that's where they were going, because like you say, this this, we saw with Cam. It, it ain't lasting for a long period of time. If you're going to take this approach at the quarterback position, you get away with it for a while. You can get away with it for five years, four years, but eventually you're going to beat that guy down like a running back. That same shelf they fall off of due to the pounding and the beating and all that is the same shelf. The quarterback who's used that way will also fall off. And, exactly. and, uh, so I think this was, if you're going to sign the contract. You had to do this change offensively. If you were yep. going to say, okay, we're paying him. We got to go to and, and make him now more of a modernized in their approach. And, um, it looks like he's buying in, which is the good yeah. part. He's he's back there. He wanted to
1: do that. He yeah. wanted he wanted the transition. to and, and and now is just getting on point with what like finding all the nuances and and Todd's system, and, and I think Todd is trying to figure out what everybody's good at too, because there were some parts of Roman's game that probably should have stayed that we were good at. Yeah, and then figuring out what he was good at, because you know Todd last year was tight and heavy with with the two tight ends at Georgia. So yeah. he, got, he had to kind of adjust to what he was doing, and everybody tried to say, "Well, he did. He had Odell in Cleveland, and he should know. He didn't call the plays, in Cleveland. <laughs>
0: and they didn't. He, actually, was, he, he was, was the old season,
1: but the head coach called the plays,
0: <laughs> and they didn't use Odell particularly well in Cleveland. Right? right? Like, that's not exactly like we got to use him like they used them in Cleveland, right?
1: And then he had Nick Chubb. I mean, who wouldn't want Nick Chubb? A oh, healthy yeah. Nick Chubb at that. Oh yeah, You it out, it to that guy, and he' gonna do what to do oh yeah you don't even need any holes you need right shake guys off and
0: find a way uh, i love nick Chubb. he's been one of the better backs i think top two backs last few years in the league um that's the one thing that happened with us with russ though too this is the interesting part to see with lamar um and that we tried to, at the end of with russ go from more of that you know, power run game, take big shots over the top when you draw the safety into the box to deal with the run. Very simplistic. Very 19 late 1980s offense was kind of our role for many years, and then we have modernized it now to this West Coast offense, and you know where it is. But you know, what we did see with Russ on that. You see it again there with him in Denver as they try to continue that West Coast offense last year with uh, Hackett, and even still, to a small degree here with Peyton. he did never really take to it being a mobile quarterback. But you do have confidence, and you do feel like Lamar – because with Russell, it was like falling back to those bold habits. I'm going to pirouette mm-hmm. around. I'm going to spin around the pocket. I'm going to extend the play. But you feel like with Lamar, no, there aren't those necessarily bad habits that are as ingrained, and he can – He's trying. Something.
1: I can yeah. say that he's trying. Because there were there were times Sunday I, I felt like, just run, man. <sighs> but he, he was trying to stay there, trying to go through his reads and, and get the ball out. But there were times yeah. where I felt like he dropped back, The initial stuff wasn't open. They were only really rushing three at times. You had, you know, a small country you could have ran through, and he stood (laughs) back there trying to throw it. And, you know, got got sacked a couple times because of it. But he, I think he's trying to go through the process of boom, 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 get the ball out. Yeah. Just like like let running be the the last resort because he knows he can always fall back on it. So I think he's trying to to work the system and learn it and and get better at it because he knows – this stretch run, week 13, 14, 15, is what's gonna really put us over the top to be ascending by the time we get to the playoffs.
0: And if he can get to the spot of playing in an on-time offense and executing that offense and then learning the moments where he can run, mm-hmm. he's not to that spot where Cam was at the end where he had lost the mobility, lost a couple steps, just couldn't run. He still can really be really his fleet of foot. He doesn't look like he's lost anything at this point in his career. And so that becomes that much more deadly because you aren't leaning on it as much. Mm-hmm. And uh now deep, maybe maybe defense not having a spy. For you at with the quarterback. Position. That guy's actually dropping into coverage, and now it's just free as free and steady as you go when you do want to cut it loose and get out there in the open field. All right. Uh Megan with another donation. Thank you, Megan, for the five-dollar donos. As I take back the nice things I said about Coach <laughs> highlighter green, my grain trigger. <laughs> like I said, man, this is the one that's got this is what's got my fan base split. You got players that get the fan base split. We're split on the highlighter greens, man. It's, we're definitely split on them. But the weird thing is we tend to be really good in them. So we're like we're like eight and one or something in them over the over the years. So we actually play well in them. And that's what they say, man. Right? Like look good, play good. Hey, uh, feel good. Yep. Feel good. Look good. Play good. Feel good. That's right. Uh, but thank you, Megan. Indeed, coach is big on the highlighters Is the best in the he said best in the league, those highlighters. Uh Ski Nation with a ten dollar donation. And he is in agreement with Coach Evans on this one. He says the full lime green is hands down the best. I wish I could sub to the coach channel 10 more times. Brandon and all these Hawk fans are just
2: haters.
1: Laughing <laughs> my ass off. <laughs> That's the split right there. That you, you just witnessed it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I want the throwback. That's my thing. I want I'm I, I grew up on the throwbacks. I want my throwback over highlighter green. That's just
1: but the- I, I do I do love your guys' throwbacks. I do yeah. The Houston's throwbacks, well, not Houston, Tennessee's throwbacks to the Houston Oilers. They, they took me back because I'm, I'm a huge Steve McNair fan.
0: It's a little cold-blooded, though, that Tennessee is doing, doing Houston like that, though. It's, oh, what? Did you see that? It's a little. It's a little cold. Blo- I lo- No. the uniform and they, didn't, and they, didn't, they didn't say anything to uh, SMU. They they didn't say anything to SMU? What do you mean?
1: SMU had a, a similar jersey, too. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, you're talking about the University of Houston, right?
0: No, no. What I'm talking about is that you have the Oilers coming from Houston Mm-hmm. And now you have Tennessee out there and they're through wearing throwbacks from the team. As they, I know they were technically Oilers for like a year or two in Tennessee before they turned them to the Titans. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of feeling like if there was throwbacks used by the Oilers, they should have been used by the Texans.
1: Oh, okay. I okay, feel like yeah. it's a little yeah.
0: bit disrespectful of the city of Houston wearing those out there in Tennessee a bit. Like mm-hmm. you steal their team from them and then you're wearing their jersey. It's like my Sonics. It's like if Oklahoma City went out on one game in basketball and started wearing Sonics jerseys
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you'd I be thought- like, You'd be like, what? <laughs> you know.
1: I thought you meant what they did to the University of Houston. Oh, so okay. The University of Houston had a similar jersey to pay homage to the city of Houston. Oh, okay. And the Tennessee Titans sent them a cease and desist saying, don't wear them no more.
0: Now, that's even 10 times? That's even more cold-blooded. Like, come on. That ain't right. <laughs> that ain't yours. You stole the team. Haven't you done enough? Right? Didn't you do enough and just taking the team from the city? I know they got the Houston back, but like. It just feels a little bit like you're rubbing their face in it a little bit on that. I look good though. Don't get me wrong. I thought if I look at the the throwbacks, the Eagles one, of course, still looks good to me. That's that mm-hmm. takes me back. But the Oilers one is that's a tight tight uniform and it shouldn't be like you're talking about. It, if you talk about like, well, it's got a, a oil pump on the side of the helmet and then it's yeah. got a light blue color scheme. Like what? What? But no, that that was that was right there with my the throwbacks for me in this past week. Of I I I dug those. I
1: like those ones. But the most, well, they've done a good job with the throwbacks this year, but the they they've, they've picked some good ones. They have. The, the, the Bucks was okay too with the, I forget the color. They call it the, uh, the cream. cycles. Cream. cycles weren't, weren't, weren't bad also.
0: They're all so right. That, yeah. They're, they're okay. I, 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 all of my life, there hasn't been one I hated. that was like, Ugh, that's, that's bad. And I think the NFL be smart to let them keep, you know, having these throughout the year where you mix it up a little bit and have mm-hmm. these new uniforms in. Do you're, do your Ravens have an alt one? I know
1: because it's a little bit, you know, the newer thing. They've got kind of a. Not to my knowledge that we have an alternate one. We have one that's a, that people hate. That's a, a Vegas gold one. Okay. That, <laughs> that uh people really hate. Vegas I, gold. I kind of like it a little bit when you pair it with a different color, but the Vegas gold top with the Vegas gold bottom is not a catchy one.
2: But no. If you,
1: if you can pair it with a, a black or a purple, you might can get away with it. But yeah. We you know we kind of knew in 96 so yeah
0: but you got the same uni since that time right
1: it's it's varied a little they've you know oh, they've, they've added a little moderation so for the most part it's the same jersey
0: made the beak sharper the eyes yeah,
1: yeah. change the eyes on it you know yeah some some little modifications a little, Noth, a little nothing tough. different you're no, almost co- no color though. scheme changes
0: you're almost maybe due though and maybe all about time you know they they flip out about every 20 years or so so it's maybe about time to get a little i like the colors though and and uh if you got black and purple keep the gold as accent right mm-hmm. those are tight enough colors on their own those all those look good no matter what that stay with those right that's the, the better run uh thank you though ski for that ten dollar donation uh coach appreciates the support there on the uh, highlighter green love there um we financial thank you for the fiver. Says a great talk so far the ravens have long been my afc team we got to work we got our work cut out for us against a true contender no doubt about that, man. I think my Hawk fellow faithful have been speaking very much in the same manner um, about this game coming up, man, is that there's nothing but a lot of respect for your organization, a lot of respect for the players on this team and how you guys have built things up over there. And it's, it's pretty uniform. You know, this with fans on their team, everybody loves their fans and hates everybody else, but there's definitely been in discussions as we've leading up this week already. I see a lot of respect for your team and how they put, how they are put together. You guys are, are, are truly a contender out there in the area AFC. and that's saying something, man, because that AFC is so bloody stacked.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's a tough. It's tough. It's and it's the thing is what I what I fear is whoever makes it out of the AFC just won't be healthy enough to win it. That's why I think whoever comes out the NFC has a great chance to 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 be the champion because whoever comes out the AFC is going to literally have to fight. You know, who, who who it is?
0: Yeah, it's going to be a war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I have a theory. I, I call it my I call it the feast factor theory. That I've worked on through the years, and that theory is to become a Super Bowl winning team. For the most part, you need to have a division that's not necessarily as strong. For instance, you need to have a. You, we like to think of iron on iron. Iron sharpens iron is what they like to say. And it's like no iron ends up bending iron in front of me. <laughs> so you uh, you actually do need to have that feast factor. And my proof of this is go look at the NF- AFC West, NF- AFC East, for twenty years there with Brady and company. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they moonwalked their way through that division year after year, six and 6 and oh, six and oh, six and oh, six and oh. And it allowed them then to prep up for the playoffs. You know, you're week 15, you're playing the jets. It's like a de facto buy for you and how you rest your players then up for that. Whereas you, and like you say, to your point, in the AFC, it's like, you're going to need every one of those wins, especially if you're going to try to go get that number one buy, especially if you're going to try to just have the, just the division with the three teams in your division. Um, and I think that that does wear you down a little bit. It's, it, the fans like to think of it of like, yeah, let's earn our way. Like, I want it to be hard. That's what they'll say. Like, no, you don't you want to be hard, but not too hard. You know, You're right. you might have your your Ravens team could be a wild card team that would have been a number one seed maybe in the NFC.
1: The last Super Bowl was the wild card. That's right. That's right. That's, barely got in. Joe Flacco went on this miraculous run. Champions. He went in that zone. He was in that zone there, wasn't he? What?
0: He's in that weird? Weird place sometimes players get to where it's like, no, he's in a zone right now. He's just locked in. Foles was like that at the that Eagles team a couple years mm-hmm. ago in the playoffs, where it's just like, what has got into this guy? Right. Where's this coming
1: from? Has Foles played a, a a meaningful game since then? He he um, I can't. He, I mean, that's that's not a troll question. I'm, no, I'm I'm, I'm I'm struggling
0: to answer because he beat,
1: oh, he beat He beat it, He beat it. He beat a, I'm sorry. He uh, that was not a
0: troll question. He hopefully. came in. He came into, he came in with Chicago uh, two years ago and uh, as a backup beat us.
1: Mm, my bad. Yeah. Was, oh, I'm sorry.
0: It's okay. It, you didn't know. It's just. It's yeah. That was a tough one. So uh, us, yeah, us made him look that way. If <laughs> we did, but no, he was uh, he was in the zone, and uh, it happens with quarterbacks sometimes. You know, that's also the thing about being a team in the NFL here is that you don't want to peek too early. You know, that's one thing I can say about both of our teams is we do find ourselves ahead. I hear you talk about the offense coming along and defense kind of finding its footing with this guy and the, the newer coordinator down
1: there. I don't think either of our two teams have played their best football yet this year. Agree, definitely agree that on, on our end, offensively, we have not played the the complete game yet. We've we've had a good run game, we've had a good game where we passed the ball, we've not played what we would look for as that game. Now defensively I think we have mm-hmm. versus the Lions. Yeah. Uh the Lions ran nine plays and we're down 21 points. <laughs> you guys embarrassed them. Yeah, so defensively I think we have played that game. But the defense has been locked in a lot lot more than offense. But normally in football the defense always is better than the offense and, and the offense tends to catch up as the season goes on. But Yeah. Um and really and on your end once JSN finds his niche, his role in my my point of view. And I mm. think with the – who was hurt the way he got his touchdown? Was DK? Uh DK was he was hurt last week a little bit. Yeah, he's been hurt so the now, last he, week he JSM was able to come in and do a little something, something. So now I think you guys will start to find be even harder to guard because now you got to worry about all three of them for real now. That's it. And you can't you can't forget about the back. Nope. And Gino's playing lights out still and like, and I I knew about Gino, and I was a, a, a fan of Gino. But when Gino said what he said last year, I was like, I like that dude. And I've been rooting <laughs> for him since then. Yeah, I've yeah. Been rooting for him since then. That that quote and that the 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 passion he said with it, and it wasn't necessarily the words. It was the the look on his face, and like he really believed it. And he, you know, I just felt it. This is yeah. one of the things that you felt. You you believe a person when they say certain things, and it wasn't just him talking. And I, no. I, I'm rooting for that dude, I'm for i for to be successful because he didn't had a lot of stuff that not go his way. I'm rooting for that dude.
0: I'm I ride with him as well. Another player that's a little bit in the Hawks contingent. I'm not gonna lie that it's there's divisive opinion upon him, but um, I'm not that guy with it. I've loved what he's brought to the table, and not just for what he's brought to the table as a player, but as a leader, mm-hmm. as uh, in taking ownerships and mistake in the drive that he has and the work ethic that he's brought to play. I mean, he's done everything you could want him to do from that standpoint of things since he's ascended from the quarterback. And its it's been a breath of fresh air where it hasn't always been that way with us here in the, the 10 years prior on all of those things I just mentioned about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a little bit of he doesn't get a little bit of it at times, for instance, this year, or even go back to last week, 13 of last year through this year, where there's been a bit of a dip in performance from those opening 12 games. And it's really on the back of the running game's not running competently where it's consistent at all. Your offensive line's not been past protecting particularly well, and most of this year down three fifths, four fifths, five fifths. You know, I think is it fair for me to say, and, and again, you're an unbiased source on this, to say, look, a quarterback's going to often struggle when he's got three fifths of his backup offensive lineman in there, and it doesn't matter whether it's him or Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady. Like you put that up against a quarterback, and you're going to see a, a lot more failure than you would have otherwise. Not that they need stars along the line or Pro Bowlers out there, but just the functional nature of an offensive line.
1: That fair? Take the Super Bowl. When, huh? um, Jake, the Super Bowl, when, um, who was that? The, the Rams won. Mm-hmm. Kansas City didn't, Kansas City was down three offensive starters on the line. That's right. Aaron Donald and, and crew went wild.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and Pat Mahomes, he still had Tyreek, if I'm not Tampa mistaken.
0: You're making Tampa Bay and Kansas City. I'm mean, Tampa
1: Bay. That's right. Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. They yeah. went wild on, on, uh, Kansas City. Went wild.
0: Yeah. And then Kansas City comes back and rebuilds their offensive line. Super Bowl. Back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, and I'm not, I, I, and for the folks that are anti-Gino, I get no, it's, it's, I'm making no headway here. I even tried to do the Brady comparison. Brady goes to the, to the Buccaneers, Ryan Jensen, Ali Marpet, uh, Tristan Wirfs on the rookie, awesome offensive line, loses Mm -hmm. all three of those guys the next year from day one, huge dip in the performance. I, I don't, I don't think I get very far on this though. I'm glad that resonates with you, but man, I, it's been a tough. I I think
1: one of those guys there now, and they are horrible. Yeah, Out of those five guys that Tom Brady had, I think one left is worth, and they are horrible. Yeah, not the same player after that major injury
0: he had. And that's part of why Tom chose that place was he knew he was going to get that offensive line in front of him, and he knows the value of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If anybody did, he did. So, uh, yeah, I think Gino's going to play better ball this year as he goes along, and that line gets healthier. And Jackson, you're right, is going to get acclimated in this offense. We talked about DK's double teams that specifically is going to open up the underneath part of the the field then for that slot because you can only defenses can't cover everywhere you leave an opening everywhere every scheme's going to have some vulnerability to it and if you're going to double a, t, a double guy over here there's somewhere that's going to be much more likely to now open up on the on the backside to you to go to. So I think they'll find a way. It's been hard for us, like with you, though. We're moving to a different identity. We've been that two tight end, three tight end look last year. JSN mm-hmm. now pulls those tight end sets off the field. So now you're trying to, what's our identity? You know, we're more of the two, three tight end sets now. Now we're going to be more of the finessey, three wide receiver things. And you, you're just trying to kind of find what your identity is offensively. But it's weird. We're kind of mirrors in a lot of ways. Our linebacker crews, the middle linebackers, mm-hmm. and the offenses kind of having the same sort of, um, situations going on at the
1: same time a little bit you got you got similar personnel Similar personnel uh, as we far do. as what they're trying to run out there now um like i think your receiving set is a little better than ours but you know i think we have the tight end advantage um mm-hmm. right now i think you have the back advantage um i think we had the quarterback advantage but it's still the way it looks on paper you you have your best lineup is 11 personnel yeah, it's not. It's not twelve. It's not twenty-one. It's, it's eleven personnel with your quarterback doing stuff with his own.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think that's where they're driving to. When it's all said and done, that's going to be the one that they lean to. But it is that transitionatory stage where you you do have the tight ends that are good. You do have, We don't have the. You're right. We don't have that number one guy. We got three good guys though. So you have a that. It's really hard to go away from that. And we were the most efficient team by EPA early on this year out of twelve personnel. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other pull from it, and and that's you've been doing that too because you're trying to protect the offensive linemen, backup offensive linemen, and so you're doing a lot of chip blocking and double teams out there to try to negate. So then that does pull JSN off toes, just to try to make sure you're keeping your line clean and gene clean. Uh, Megan, thank you for another two dollar donation. Says throwbacks or death. B. Hey, I'm with you on this one, Megan. I'm all about the throwbacks. It's it's I, I love those throwbacks. But again, it's, it takes me to my youth. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? It tickles you from that spotty. Wow, well, I just I like them. Uh, thank you though, Megan, appreciate your donations. And I'm with you hundred percent. Uh, Corey, thank you for the $2 donation says who had a better trade, the Niners or the Hawks? Well, let's put mm-hmm. it to coach on that one. Which one are you taking of those two deals? If you could add one of those two guys to your team for the parameters of those two deals put up, which one are you going with?
1: I think it's you guys. Cause Chase, Chase, is, even though Chase is, Chase kind of throws you back to that conversation we was having about clowning. At this Mm -hmm. this this college career and has all these expectations on him, and he really hasn't. Well, he's been good, but he hasn't been what we thought he'd be. Yeah. On the other hand, Steady Eddie, what you got? Steady Eddie, what you got? You know what you're gonna get, and he's gonna be gonna pop off from time to time, but it's never a dip below a certain level. Great point. You got a consistent guy. Yeah. Chase, on the other hand, you might get. Explosion, then you might not see him for three weeks. Explosion, yeah. then you might not see him for a month. So I, I, I take the more consistent guy.
0: I'm with it. I think too. Probably Chase White does give you that pass first. Maybe not the run defender. Mm-hmm. That's is that fair to say of Leonard Williams on that side of it in general terms?
1: Yeah, because you you'll get both from from, from Williams. Chase you, Chase to disappear. Yeah, and Chase you might just end up running them out down third down. But it's gonna be a little different in San Francisco because you got so many other guys to to deal with. You may see a different. You may see a different guy
0: because he's a not day. getting the mother doubles, right? mostly gets the doubles and then he right. gets the single blocks and then let right. him roll.
1: It could and be so you may you may see a different dude and and I may have to eat my words on that, but he didn't have that 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 team of defensive linemen in, in New York with him. It, yeah. Timberdough, good and yeah. the, um, sexy Dexy's good, but <laughs> they not they not Bosa. No, I, we just leave it at Bosa. They not Bosa.
0: Yeah. No, no, not at all. I I think he will probably be able to get some more single blocks. But, hey, I mean, even in the Washington team, you've got Allen, you've got mm-hmm. uh, um, Montez Sweat, you've got Leron Payne. It's not like they're not probably driving their own share of double teams over there too, giving him some one-on-one opportunities even on that spot. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you a question. I just totally spaced it out, so I'm going to have to wait for it to pop back into my head. But, um, yeah. Oh, you buying this with Leonard Williams? I look at him. He's played his whole career with the Jets. Adam Gase, Sam Darnold is his quarterback, goes to the Giants, Daniel Jones is his quarterback. Is there anything maybe to the fact this guy's played his whole career in Loserville and he now gets to go to Contender City and that there's maybe a a fire that – that I, I, I know I'm speaking to something kind of ethereal here, but maybe there's a little bit of an extra fire that's born out of – you're beaten down in those environments for so long that it starts to just by nature affect a little bit of your performance on
1: the field. I think that can ignite a different – push and especially if you've been in the league for four five six years and you know it's not for long you got to your motivation is a little different to, to go get it right now because you never really know when it's going to be done yeah and at this point he's probably made i know you can never have enough money but you really you've made enough money now yeah. you want you want to win and have some kind of legacy about it and yeah. i think he's probably at that point in his career because He's done nothing on the, well, not him personally, but the teams have done nothing that he's been on. And so he's probably to the point where, look, I want to win.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. That's what I'm thinking, I'm, and, and I'm hoping and maybe it's a shooting and a star part of this approach, but I, I have to feel like you get in those environments for so long, it's just how do you not have that start to kind of bleed in over a little bit and that you lose a little bit of your fire because it's just like, man, no matter what I do out here, I mean, especially defensively, because you got there and ball out defensively and they're doing three and outs, three and outs, three and outs, and you get that third quarter and you're you're just wiped. You've been off the, on the field the whole game, and you're you, it doesn't matter that you're getting stops because you know your offense ain't scoring. You know they're not putting any points on the board. Right. It's just, it's, you can't. Nobody's, nobody's getting lied to out there. You know, Daniel Jones ain't carrying this day for us.
1: Yeah. It's crazy when your running back is the leading receiver and rusher.
0: Oh, it is. And then they give the guy $45 million. That was the stupidest contract of the offseason that was given out to Daniel. Just absolutely asinine on their part. Like, why? I, for what? Tyrod what has he done Raymond. to, huh?
1: <laughs> What'd you say? Tyrod Taylor's played better.
0: Oh, I, I agree. Well, you could have just gone Tyrod, saved the 45 million and built a stack squad. And yep. the thing with Daniel is that he had, everything with what Dayball had done with him was manufacture and, and it's read option, one look and run. It's the most simplified nature of offense you could possibly run. And you went and said, that's 45 million, to work to go do. And I didn't even like Daniel coming out of the draft, to be honest with you. But I mean, just, he didn't show anything to do that. It's the thing with these guys, though, that I, I think your Ravens need to give a quarterback that, that he had earned that contract. You give him that. But a lot of these contracts giving out these quarterbacks like the Kyler Murray deals, it becomes this knee jerk. You just got to do it thing as opposed to let's really think this through if this is the smart role for us to go with.
1: Yeah, it is because a lot of guys got money that probably didn't deserve it or didn't deserve that much. A lot.
0: A multitude of them. I'd say almost a majority of those guys up in the top 10 of salary you go in, I don't think he's, he ain't carrying any day. You're paying him like he can carry the day. He can't carry nothing. He needs a supporting cast around him. Uh, Jason uh, Tudor, thank you for the $2 donations. What does our insider think of my man, Will Levis?
1: <laughs> I, you want to hear my nickname for Will Levis? What's your nickname? The nickname? The Hellman's Hero. <laughs> uh some came out about the draft by him eating mayo and bananas or something and I he just,
0: puts mayonnaise in his coffee
1: yeah something like that and i just been calling him the hellman's hero since then uh he had he had a great great debut so you know shouts out to him for what throwing four touchdowns in his debut but uh now there is tape on him, so let's see what he does when guys have a chance to prepare for him and it was on and he still has the advantage because it's a short week but let him get a game, two, three games on them, and let defenses have tape on them, and see what kind of tendency you have. Then let's making a judgment on him. But you know, shouts out to him. Great, great first game. Couldn't ask for anything better.
0: Especially because you look at it, the Tennessee Titans aren't aren't a particularly uh, stacked up squad offensively speaking mm-hmm. right now. I mean, uh, what Tannehill came into that with two touchdown passes on the day, and he throws for four. four. I, I I don't think that he's suddenly going to be a new sensation on the on the deal. As, and I've been a kind of a relatively pro Levis guy. Cause again, my, my current development on this, and I know I'm pulling you real late on this, so we'll probably put a button on this pretty soon. But um, my real thing with this, I'd love to hear what your thoughts on this is that right now, everybody likes to think of the quarterback and you guys have kind of a cape flowing in the wind kind of guy, so That's what makes this ironic to bring this up to you. But everybody thinks the quarterback is just up there flying on the high, shooting laser beams out their eyes. You got to get the superhero guy. It's like Michael, Michael Jordan or LeBron in basketball with five guys. You go, yeah, the other four guys don't matter. Just give them the ball out there and let them ISO it. Mm-hmm. And it's, the sport doesn't really work that way. It is driven by your supporting cast. And you had Levis in his previous year at Kentucky before he loses some guys the NFL, plays well last year, didn't play good, had nobody, no line, nobody to throw to, no mm-hmm. Rodriguez out half the year as the running back there. And I thought when you put him to a pros and he's now not dealing with that, it's like that old parachute they used to run on their back to train with. It's like you cut that parachute away and maybe he can now really go out there and, and start to to really play well because it's what's inhibiting him. His troubles with pressure is being under too much pressure. Is that do you think do you buy into that or do you still think that it no there are those guys that it's they can carry it above and there's a good there's a good amount of them.
1: Well, I was I was not a Levis fan, I was mm. not. But and and that's a fair take because I didn't look at his film the year before when I did yeah. my assessment of Will Levis. I looked at that last year and I saw exactly what you said, but I didn't I didn't take into consideration that the guys he lost or who was hurt. I just went off what I saw that last year and so I was like, this dude's not very good. No. I, did, I didn't yeah. go back and look at his was his junior year, whatever the oh, year before Morris. he came out, yeah. whatever it was. So that's a fair assessment. And now strong guy, strong arm, uh, can move a little bit, which, you know, that's a, a huge thing for any quarterback right now because the days of the standstill quarterback are limited. Matthew yeah. Stafford, um, uh, what's the Detroit Cousins. Like Cousins, your days are numbered, fellas. Yeah. You can't move a little bit like, like – Joe Burrow or Purdy, just enough to get you out of trouble. Your days are limited, but Agreed. Levis, if he can work with his cast, and if they can put a cast around him, he can be solid. He what can- he showed, what he showed me on that pass to Westbrook Akine, opened my eyes to be like, hold on, I might have been wrong. Yeah, but he was rolling to his right, set his feet real quick, threw it across his body with arc. Over a defender to Westbrook or Kinney, I was like, hold on, that ain't that ain't the normal.
2: That,
1: that's different, yeah, it's different because they had arc on it, it had touch, and it was across his body. So, in actuality, it may have been a 30 yard throw, but really, that probably was like 45 yards.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that that, that kind of opened my eyes up to want to see more,
0: yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. Where it's just we need to see more for sure from him, but. I think you're right. He can succeed there. Vrabel, I think will be a good coach for him because what Vrabel will do is keep him confined within an offense that will ask him to be balanced. And the passing attempts will probably be under 30 a game when this Mm -hmm. guy gets rolling. And that will put him on its best, you know, because then defenses are not able to just lean on, you know, eventually he'll throw us the ball, which I think will happen if you made him a 40 attempt a passer 40 attempt a game kind of guy, even a couple of years down the line. I just don't mm-hmm. think that's who Levis is, but keep him in the box. And he does have those things and great point as well. Um, the game's about mobile quarterbacks. Now the days of the statue are going to go away. It's yeah. the, the, the last vestiges are sort of still here, just kind of, but it, it is quickly moving in this direction and it's going to be a common prerequisite, but uh, thank you, Jason appreciate you for that. Mr. Kane, thank you for gifting five Hawks nest memberships out here to the chat. You're very kind for doing so. I appreciate you for that, my man. Hope you're having a great night. Uh, let's see where we're at here on the donos. Appreciate all the donos today, and you hanging in here with me, Coach. I appreciate you going long today. No problem. Um,
1: no problem. So no problem.
0: Looks like we've indeed caught caught on up. So thank you guys for all the donos, man, Mr. Kane. Thank you for gifting those, uh, so su- gifted those subs over as you are, gifting those memberships over. We use the right terminology. Uh, just last question on offense, and before we get to maybe where your predictions are in this game, uh, Zay Flowers. Big thing with him on coming out, he had, he had uh, echoes of Antonio Brown to his game. A guy that um, you did worry about with him coming out as good as he was. The two things I had as my points with him coming out was that, number one, when you put him on the outside, he can take a long time in his releases to get off the line of scrimmage. He wants to salsa a dance, and then he's going to go to keep the contact off his body, and then the catch rate coming out of college. How have those two things gone with him?
1: Well... He has cut down on the saucing, mainly because uh, he gets a lot of free releases. That's good. He gets okay. a lot of free releases. I don't know if you paid attention to the little short motion that Miami has kind of made popular now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But so we've we are kind of doing that a little bit with him and putting him in motion. And nobody's really putting hands on him at the line of scrimmage. He's not doing all the. What the high school kids love to do with the, at the line of scrimmage now. He's getting off the ball and getting where he needs to go and getting into his routes. Um, his catch radius for his size, he he made a catch sun Sunday, even though it was incomplete. I don't know how he went and got it to be five. And I'm um, he, I know he's no more than five eight five eight. Yeah, he's five. Why no, at the combine, too? They give him a <laughs> little extra house three four inches of the combine. You know, <laughs> he, he looks like he should be handing in a paper to me at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> he don't look like he should be out there with, with some pros, but um, he, he's improved on all that. He's, he's, I really wanted the guy that you guys have, but I'm happy with who we got. Yeah. With who we got. So I'm, I'm, I'm content and he, he's a lot better block. No, I mean, say better. He's a lot more willing blocker than I expected for his size because he's a yeah. small guy Anytime we have a nice run to his side, you see him either throwing his body in there trying to block or actually technique up blocking a guy. It ain't just this big bump and get out the way and protect myself. He's actually blocking
0: with those receivers. It's the will thing, right? As much as anything, sometimes, yeah. Do you you want to actually because some of those guys show you they don't, they're they're not, they're going, they do that corner receiver thing before the game, go, Hey, look, bro, look. I don't want to do this, you don't want to do this. When it comes to running routes and stuff, we'll go, we'll go hard on that. But otherwise, you know, just let's put our hands up on each other's chest and let, let the boys inside handle business today. I hate that. I, hate I do that. too. I hate that too. It's 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 right. It's one of the reasons I love DK. Is DK is so he's so mean and bullying out there? It's like good. Nope. I like no that. block,
1: no rock. No That's block, right. no rock. I live by it. If I told him cats, if, if, you, if you didn't block, I'd be damn if I call a play over there. I don't, don't who you We'll throw to the right side all day
0: long. I, I hate softness in football when you see it obviously out there, and I don't think player football players are soft. They're as hard as they come by, but you do occasionally see those guys out there that do the business decisions, and it I, it doesn't. I don't like it, either. especially receivers. Because man, if you just mm-hmm. got that block in for two seconds, we had that JSN touchdown at the end of the game with us last week. And DK's down there on the bubble screen. He eliminates the guy. They're bringing a blitz. It becomes one on one between JSN and the safety trying to rally to get to the outside, and it's DK's block on that corner where a lot of receivers there just kind of. <laughs> you know, not enough. Chicken fight. enough. Yeah. Yeah. The chicken fires is just a slap fighting. like, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. But, um, that's good to hear. I think he's going to be a good player for you. I liked him a lot. I thought both in the case of uh, him, Addison, Dell, all going around the same d- direction of the last year's draft that all those guys, though they're undersized, they get the job done. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a place in the pros. They're going to find, um, some, they'll find consistency. They'll find some productivity. I don't know if it's stardom, but they will find definitely being an upper level, solid players. Um, anything else on the offense we should be aware of that we didn't maybe cover on this? I know we didn't talk about a little bit of Rashad Bateman, the kid out of Minnesota, or uh, Devin Duvernay, your Texas guy out there, your yak kid. Anything worth speaking of those guys? Uh, Duvernay is not worth talking
1: about. Uh, <laughs> he's going to catch them, he's going to feel punts and he's going to fair catch them, or he's going to catch them, run three yards and run out of bounds. Uh, Bateman is dealing with confidence issues that are coming back. Um, okay. if if you get the old Rashad Bateman it could be a good game for him, but he's, he's, he's working his way back to that. So we still really working with, with three guys. So the guy we really didn't talk about, which is probably the guy that you guys gonna have to deal with the most is Mark. Yeah. And so Mark's the number one receiver, the number one target Um, third downs. You probably want to focus your coverage toward Mark Andrews. So that's, that's where the ball is going.
0: well that's been where we've had some issues in the center of our defense middle of the field of our defense
1: that's been the place
0: where when offenses have had success this year be it goff or stafford in the first game it's attacking into the middle and while a lot of those teams would use amon saint brown or it was puka nuka um you're going to be utilizing a tight end down there but that's Mm -hmm. the place for your your baltimore offense when i look at it i don't think you're gonna have a lot of yards to be gained there on the ground i don't think you're gonna be bad we're gonna be shut completely down but it'll be one of those games where you're like okay we're at three nine yard per carry average it's going to then come down to really you guys passing and hitting over the middle on those passes, moving the chains like you and I talked about. And I think Andrews is really the key. I know we, we didn't talk a lot about him. I love him as a player, great all-around tight end, big as a house, but uh, absolutely the guy that I think could you could see coming out of this game with 12, 13 targets with Lamar down there, he already works him a lot. and But in this game, especially by the nature of our defense, because we'll still, we'll still cover deep. We'll still mm-hmm. drop a lot of our zones into the depth and try to take away. It's a little bit drives me crazy. Our defense at times is that we're still very much predilected to trying to keep the deep ball removed. And you're seeing the nine route and a lot of the deep balls across the league as a general trend go down because everything mm-hmm. is get the ball in the guy's hands and let him go
1: cook. Right. You know, let him go yak up. But you, you guys got DBs now. I ain't, I ain't I ain't, I ain't crazy now. You got, got, some got some DBs. You
0: nice, well, we got some nice DBs, man. Witherspoon's nice, man. Another, mm-hmm. another guy, I was, I was a Jalen Carter guy. You know, I was mm-hmm. all over the Jalen Carter. I knew there was a risk there, but Witherspoon has been, uh amazing man uh you're gonna like watching it was on the opposition this week but you're gonna get a feel for this kid and he's just a unique a unique beast out there you know yeah. i but he's blowing us away and yeah we got a good and that andrews jamal adams matchup mm-hmm. that's what i think you're gonna see a lot of in this game is those two guys going step for step we'll see how jamal can hold I think up I think he's i think
1: jamal's gonna get up for it i, I think he hadn't, so hadn't played a lot of football in a while andrews is one of the better tight ends in the league i think you know jamal's a a, a big game guy I think he's going to get up for this one. I do too. And he's looked pretty good so far
0: for us coming back off that injury. I don't know if he's at what he was prior, but I don't see also a lost step in him where I'm like, oh, man, he looks noticeably. I mean, you mentioned J.K. last year. There's a He had one run, you'll probably remember, where he busted out like a 60-yard run. And halfway into the run, you could see him literally dragging his leg along on the run. Does that make sense? Does, does yeah. And you're going, oh, God. But then you're going, but he busted a 60-yarder out. You're going, I mean, like – it's amazing when you saw him doing that, but yeah, uh, man, my heart goes out to day, JK because you guys had to wait on him on a couple of injuries there. And if you had him out there, I think that does change yeah. how dangerous your offense is and how, I mean, you're hard to deal with anyway, but that that makes it into that place that we're trying to get to where you're almost impossible to deal with. Cause you can do so many variety of different things and the defenses you got, can't you got lean on you. You got that home run hitter.
1: hitter. Yeah. You, gotta, you got it. You got to have plate. like, like I, I think I covered a little bit um, of, of you guys last year and, some of the big runs I saw with Kenneth were basic inside zone.
0: That's it. But
1: he he the old line got a hat on a hat. He made one person miss, and he outran everybody. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff JK could do. Now with, with Gus, we got a kind of six yard you, six yard you, six yard you. Maybe we'll hit you with a 10. But with JK, those six could turn into sixty. And that was with, like you said, with one leg.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. He's a great back. And I mean, imagine what happens if he does get back down in both legs. What he could be uh, if you get him to the place where it is all healthy. But it's hard to win a game if you just have to grind. And we're talking about grinding. I know we're talking about moving the chains being a, a important part, but it is hard to win when you can't get a steal of seven points here or there on, on one of those big time plays. And and it is a kind of almost a necessity you would hope to have in your offense. And um that's the that's the part where you guys probably are looking for that on your team we've got that in ours but we're not necessarily always utilizing in the best of ways or just with us we're not sure what to do we're trying to be everything everywhere you know we'll be a little bit of deep we're going to be able to run no we're going to dink and dunk no we're going to try to utilize these fly sweep bubble screen elements oh we want to go to 12 personnel no 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 we want to go 11 personnel we're just we're kind of schizophrenic right now in in what we're trying to do and um I, hopefully we can drive to a place where it's a little more certain by the end of the year in our identity, but, uh, it's going to be a hell of a matchup this year at Weekman. I I think we're going to get a great football game. I hope it's well officiated. That's been a bit of an issue throughout the league this year in some of these games, right? Please, by God, just call it consistently the same throughout. Don't, don't do the, don't do the thing where you don't call a defensive holding play all day. And then you call in the last drive of the game. Here comes a defensive holding call, right? Right. Set the standard on what you're going to call, call it up even let the best team win, you know,
1: that's it. Stop with the
0: nonsense. Some of these some of these calls. I'm not saying I'm not the script guy. I ain't going overboard on man, but I I just did come on, let the players play, man. Let them decide. It's tough
1: tough to play any sport when the rule changes because it's the end of the game or late in the game. Yeah. Like what's the foul in the first quarter, whether it be basketball or football, needs to be a foul in the fourth. That's right. That's
0: right. And if it's and honestly, if it's gonna go away to change, which I'm not in favor of doing, like I said, I'm in that whole call it consistently. But if you're going to lean to a way of having it change at the end, we're down to the final drive. We're at the uh, last position in the NBA. Then you swallow your whistle. That's the way you lean towards. Mm-hmm. And the past two Super Bowls have driven me crazy where you have the, the Eagles and the chiefs game. You don't have a whole defensive holding call the whole game. You call it at the end on the key play of the drive that would have shut the chiefs down the previous year, the Bengals and the Rams Bengals get a stop against the Rams. You haven't called a defensive holding call in that game in the secondary throughout the whole game. And then you happen to call it there at the end. It's like, it looks suspicious. It looks really suspicious, man. Oh. <laughs> well, um, give me uh give me a final score here as we wrap this up today, Coach Evans. Uh give me what how's this going to play out?
1: How's this mm. going to go down?
2: Hmm.
1: Because of our inconsistencies offensively and oh. the DBs. But I do love what we do defensively. 24 21
0: Ravens. 24 21 Ravens I like it um I think that that's a good way of putting it I think that's even a good score I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with 2017 Ravens so I'm gonna give you guys the right. the nod in the same way I, I go with a little less points I I think our defense is legit this year. I think the offense is still trying to find its way, and I think the way that's played out this year will play out very similar to this. Um, like you spoke about, there's some similar things with what you have on your team, though I think defense – we're kind of it's, – it's, again, that mirror image thing across the line. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. I hadn't thought about it as much prior to us doing the stream, but it, it really does feel that way now more than as I, as I kind of think about it. But I think it'll be a dogfight come down to the end, and I just think that at the end of the day, we just maybe don't have quite enough offense in this game on the road 10 a.m., um, that didn't, it's the edge, you know, it's kind of what they say is that the home field advantage is worth three points. Everything's mm-hmm. in a kind yeah, of a vacuum. Yeah. And I think right. you got to give the the three points Is these are even Steven teams. So you give the edge to the team that's at home here.
1: I think that's a fair way of putting it on it. The, the turnovers are going to play. If, if either one gets a little out of whack with the turnovers, that score can flip either way.
0: If we go to time of possession, turnovers is the two things that are the big things to come away with. You come with those two wins, either side of those teams. You're coming away with the win, yep. bar none. I think we both agree on that. I agree. I agree. Well, it's always good to come some common ground. It's <laughs> two different fans out here, my man, Coach. Uh, this is Coach Evans. He is out there with Sip2Tally Films. You can see it right there in his name. If you search that in, in YouTube, or you can just click down. I put it in the description link in the section there. You can find a link right there to his channel. Go there today please my fellow seahawk faithful hawks nest you guys know how we do we show the love in this chat and by the love what do i mean by that you're going to go there and you're going to sub on up so please, right now, go on out there to uh, Sip2Tally Films, sub on up to his channel out there. Man, I really want to say I thank you so very much for coming out on the channel today and uh, doing what you're doing as you are and, and taking the time away. You're so busy. I know you're running around 24-7, tearing through tape, right? cut up the next video, getting ready for the next live stream. You're awesome for doing this, Coach, and taking the time. I took two
1: hours of you out of it, so thank you, <laughs> thank you for it, hanging man. in there. That's was a good conversation. I do want to say this. Um, mm. I, if you don't know, you probably don't know. I have a second channel. It's called More at the Tally. If I'm not mistaken, my best video over there is that Tyreek Woolen video. So that shout out to the Seahawks fans. On that channel, I covered the other 31 teams, not the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I go look at the numbers, but I think my best video over there is Tyreek Woolen. Well, we got to the Hawks.
0: You're always going to do good with Seahawks videos, by the way. It's kind of a common theme out here that we have these channels that will be channels that are not They're just general football channels and they will just hammer hot content cuz the people will show their love and they'll they'll, they'll watch it they just we voraciously eat anything up out there so uh hopefully you guys do the same today for coach he's been really kind to come out here and take the time and 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 really um not just be rushed but really take the time with me thank you for doing that i like to go deep on this stuff man i love football and i love understanding how different other organizations operate cuz it just ends up making you know your perspective that much more wider and better understood cuz we all get caught up on our just looking through the lens mm-hmm. of our own team and you can get a little bit lost in that so um what was that other channel let know on that
1: well,
0: other one more sip to tally more sip tally <laughs> more sip to tally so mm-hmm. let's get subbed up to both those channels you guys hey he's gonna get some hot content out on that other side so Most get a video definitely. out on the other side give us a witherspoon video you got them all in on that one my man Most definitely. You. I appreciate then,
1: you guys
0: man I appreciate you as well I thank you so much for coming out here and uh, hopefully we can do this again maybe up around draft time or want something we'll chop Most it up definitely. with maybe some of the Most prospects definitely. I go deep with it too so I end up doing like 350 on my scouting on him and I go hard on him. So I'd love to be able to, if we can maybe sync back up at that time and go through some of these guys, that'd be great. Hey, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. All right, man. Well, guys get subbed up to his channel. Please hit the like button over here. Thank you to all the folks that donated to the channel and Megan, thanks for putting me on here with coach Evans, as you did on your side of it. We'll be back here later tonight with the stream, but until that time, my fellow Seahawk faithful, please don't you ever forget. Go Hawks.
1: what you get to go Ravens into? Plog <laughs> nation and go Ravens. <laughs>